The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Born in the heat of the desert My mother died giving me life Deprived of the love of a father Blamed for the loss of his wife You know, Lord, I've been in a prison For something that I've never done It's been one hill after another But I've climbed them all one by one Yeah, but this time, Lord, you gave me a mountain A mountain that I may never climb it is on a hill, Lord, any longer. You gave me a mountain this time. My woman got tired of the heartaches, tired of the grief and the strife. Oh, Lord, so tired of working for nothing. Tired of being my wife. She took my one ray of sunshine. She took my pride and my joy. She took my reason for living. She took my small baby boy Yeah, but this time, Lord, you gave me a mountain A mountain that I may never climb It is Welcome to uh, the first in the um, new style late night alternative shows. I'll tell you what, no phone calls. We don't do phone calls anymore. So everyone that's phoning in, put your phones down. We don't do the phone calls anymore. This, um, This neck brace really constricts my breathing. I may actually pass out in a minute. So Sam, if you could just dial 999. Don't press call. Just have those those three digits in. So that if I do collapse, you can press you can press call. Okay, but don't do don't don't phone them until until you see me turning blue. 
Um, so no more phone calls. We've decided that um, it's it's not the way. It's live. It's five minutes past ten. You can watch me on Periscope. Not YouTube. YouTube is down, Catherine. No, it's not. Uh, no, it is. Bits of YouTube are down. Well, it's not. Oh, YouTube's working. Oh, well, that's a relief. I don't. I don't think it is all working. Hang on. Let's have a look. No, see, it's down. Bits of it are down. You see, that's the thing. But how did you find that link? Did someone tweet it? No. How did you find it? I went on YouTube and yeah. I looked Ian Lee and I saw the one that um, okay. was Okay, but if live. you go if you go to click on the rabbit hole page, you can't see it there. Mm, how odd. How odd. Anyway, there's something wrong with YouTube. And um, whenever there's something wrong uh, with the... Uh, Whenever there's something wrong with, I feel like Elvis in that clip we watched. I'm really getting into Elvis now, guys. I've just, I, I uh, would like to apologise to every Elvis fan, uh, members of the Presley family, and Elvis Presley himself for slagging him off for the last twenty years. Um, I've been slagging him off a lot. Yeah, how do you feel about Bill Ailey? Ah, he's a tosser. But Elvis, um, he's brilliant. He's He's absolutely brilliant, blinded. Not 50s Elvis, the one that everyone says is good. No, no, because there's too much reverb. And it's all that mystery train, all that slappy guitar. No, no, no. 60s Elvis, nah. Elvis gets good. Not the 68 comeback special, that's overrated. Elvis is great between 1969 and 1974. I need to do a bit more research to, to kind of hone in exactly when... But he's great. And um, I fell down the Elvis rabbit hole. Um, not a well. Oh, by the way, I'm on Good Morning Britain tomorrow. Talk, they, they want me to talk about two things on Good Morning Britain tomorrow. Jaw, Jersey Shore, which I was supposed to watch today and I haven't. But the cast of Jersey Shore are going to be on. And they want me to talk about the well. Right. And... I have, uh, as long, uh, here's the thing, right? I said, I-, I will talk about the well as long as we do it in a sensible, mature... Sensitive. Way. Sensitive, sensible, mature... SSM. Sensitive, sensible, mature way. Because um, I was Googling it over the weekend, and it turns out that um, dozens of people have fallen down wells over the past five, six hundred years. So... I said, yeah, we'll talk about it. Because Good Morning Britain is great viewing figures. Get, the figures are going on the up and up and up. Um, if it's hard-nosed journalists like Susanna Reid and Ben Shepherd, then we're, we're fine. If it's Piers Morgan, well, even he's got a, a heart. Um, so tomorrow I will be um, talking about falling down a well and just just warning viewers about the dangers that could happen to absolutely anybody. And um, people... Uh, people who were suggesting maybe I was drunk or was high or something, that was not the case. It was not the case. You'll see tomorrow. Good morning. It was too low, if anything. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, um, so, uh, so Elvis Presley. So I've, I've really been getting into Elvis, okay? And, um, I watched some of Elvis. Here's the thing Elvis Presley was one of the most filmed men in the world, right? One of the most filmed men in the world. So pretty much every, you want, you, you, you know, Pretty much everything is documented. So I was able to watch bits of Elvis's last concert in, I think it was late June, early July, 1977. Six weeks before he died, right? 
And people talk about him dying because uh, because he was overweight and stuff. What, what Elvis is Elvis had issues with his weight, and what he would do. I read a book about Elvis years ago. What he would do is he would um, before he was going, he, he would do short tours of about two, three, four weeks, right, or, or runs at Las Vegas, and what he would do before, for like the, the week or two weeks before those short tours or those runs, is he would just pop diet pills. Speed. My mum was on diet pills. Speed. My mum. Our house was so clean in the 70s and early 80s because my mum was off her nut on diet pills. And Elvis used to do it. So his weight would balloon up um, and then he'd pop these diet pills and slim down for the three, four, five week tours. Then he'd come off tour and he'd start eating again. Um, so that put a lot of pressure obviously on his body and his heart and things like that. But, but, but what's weird about this last ever concert six weeks before he died is he's not that overweight. He's not that, I think Elvis was 38 when he died. He's not that overweight. He's bigger than he has been. He's not that, he's not that overweight. But what I couldn't stop looking at was his face. His face. The only word is bloated. It's not a fat face. It's bloated. You, you saw it, didn't you, Kat? Yeah, it's kind of waxy and yeah. um, not a line on it because the skin's all stretched as much as it will I, go. I suspect he hadn't had plastic surgery. No, and I think he was slathered in makeup because you could see there's him a, sweating it off. There's a lot of makeup. It was very risky wearing a white jumpsuit. Very sweaty. That I mean, that hair died to, you know, it's almost as black as antimatter itself. I don't know if antimatter is black. No, but it sounded clever. Well done. Um, uh, it's almost as, it's as, as blacker than a black hole. And, um, is there really, what, what, what is, what is this black hole of Calcutta? What's that all about? They're just saying it's a shithole. I guess it's the, yeah, I guess. The black hole of Calcutta. Uh, by the way, you can take part in the show tonight. Uh, Texas. We're okay, up to messages Texas. already. Elvis was 42 or 43, wasn't th- 38. Well, 42 or 43, what? That, so 42, that... Mike Scott says. Okay, right, fine, well, it, okay. Lance Christopher was the one being vague. Hang on a second, please, because the people are communicating um, via illegitimate um, technique, uh, methods. That I don't know how they're communicating YouTube? to you. No, no, no. I don't care about those. Well, I do care. But that's not what this is. This is the show. Elvis was 42, says Gavin via the Texas. Thank, Thank you, Gavin. Gavin. That's Good how text. we're going to communicate tonight. I don't want, not, not uh, forget the, the YouTube. All right. And the, um, uh, Twitter. If you want to take part in the show tonight, and if you want to have your opinion, um, vetted, censored and i should say for legal reasons quite possibly altered to have the complete converse of if, if it's rude about me i can change it to be nice about me but i can change i can make it up is what i'm saying um uh, then text eight seven triple two start with the word talk they cost 25 p- pence plus your normal sending charges and just to prove that i can i can make any of these up we've got um a, a text in from steve and steve says um great show ian i'm really enjoying it without the callers so thank you for that steve thanks steve thank you you can also email us if you go to talkradio.co.uk and go to the contact section and you can email it and that and that um comes up on this um Okay, so, um, so Elvis Presley, so he's he, he very bloated, his face. Um, Quite jowly. Yeah. Great voice. Yeah. Great voice. We watched, um, there's a brilliant performance, and I really recommend it, right? It's stunning, 
and it's heartbreaking at the same time. From his last concert, it's him at the piano, playing the piano, and he's not, he's not playing it brilliantly, but he could bash out a tune. He's doing that kind of, um, just back, he's doing what I do, but better bashing out the chords and stuff. And you can see the bit where he, um, he, he has to work out what the next chord is. He does it twice in the same spot and he stops and he's singing, um, is it Unchained Melody? Yes. Oh, it, and it's incredible. It's incredible. He's playing the piano. He's got the, the, um, the, the, the singers kind of join him in the thing. His deep voice is amazing. His falsetto is gone. Can't do the falsetto at the end. He can't do the high note. Um, and he's sweating and his face looks weird, but it is, it's incredible. Six weeks later, he died on the shitter. And it is, it is. Now, a friend of mine, and I'm, uh, a guy called Andrew Hickey. I say he's a friend of mine, right? I met him once. But he is, he is, you, this is interesting. We can talk about this a little bit during the show as well. About the nature of friendship. How that's changed. Yeah. Because to, f- before to have a friend, you'd have had to have met someone. Been to their house. Been to their house. Met them at school. Uh, met them at work. And that, that you, you know, you'd have had to have met them, right? But I came, became friends with this Andrew Hickey. Um, uh, I don't know how. I guess via Facebook groups and stuff. Because we both... We're both slightly geeky, middle-aged men. Mm. We both love the monkeys with a passion, um, and um, a- a- and we just kind of found ourselves, you know, just communicating via Facebook groups and stuff. And I met him very briefly in Liverpool a couple of years ago. He's a really nice bloke. He's also, by coincidence, a brilliant, brilliant writer. And he writes these. Um, he he he. Um, what we used to call vanity publishing. Um, but he self-publishes these books, and they're brilliant. He writes about the monkeys. He writes about the Californian pop scene. He writes about Doctor Who, um, and and it's that's interesting, isn't it? We'll, we'll talk about that as well in a bit. Hang on a minute. Um, self-publishing in terms of uh, books and audio, man alive, that's opened the door up for everybody. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. So he writes, and he writes a blog, and it's back, he's got Patreon backers and things like that. And he's great. He's really good. And he's, he's been very helpful to me. Um, he's one of those people who occasionally will send me a message, an email, saying, if you're having a tough time, you can sound off to me about it. And he's one of the few people that actually I do sometimes sound off to, because I, I trust him and he's nice and I don't know him that well, and it's kind of it's good. Anyway, so he's got this blog, andrewhickey.info, right? And he's written this brilliant thing, and it's a few years ago, 2015. Um, it's about Elvis Presley would have been 80. I always say, if Elvis Presley was alive now, he'd probably be dead by now. That's quite a funny... That's brilliant. That's a good line. That's, That's actually well a good done. line. Well done. Well done. I like that line. I don't use it enough. Um, uh, so he's written about Elvis Presley, right? And about how everyone thinks 50s Elvis is cool and every, and jumpsuit Elvis is a joke. Right? And he, he argues, no. Um, let, let me just read you a little bit. Uh, Most critics will get, at least give a grudging respect to Elvis's 1968 TV comeback special and the album, album from Elvis in Memphis. But pretty much none will give any credit at all to the music Elvis did in the 70s. Well, almost none, says Andrew. I still remember 20 years later reading Charles Shah Murray's review of the essential 70s master boxer in Mojo. 
I think this is word for word, the 70s were when Elvis finally got good. He was fat and lonely and crippled inside and making music for the fat, the lonely and the crippled inside. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? And there's a lot of schmaltz in there and there's a lot of, you know, but he's singing about divorce loads of songs about divorce he's singing about um uh, a heartache in a way that you know only a person I- in their late 30s early 40s who's got divorced knows because that's a that's that's a unique pain that's a unique discomfort the discomfort of divorce is is different from you know splitting up with a partner or something he sings about not seeing children you know not seeing his children it, not his children, but the songs, you know, the, f- the figure often isn't seeing their children. Um, he sings about loneliness. He sings about sadness. He sings about what we would call now depression. And it is, it is music for the fat, the lonely, and the crippled inside. Whether you tick one, two, or all three of those categories. Um, in the 70s, uh, Andrew goes on, Elvis finally had the artistic control he wanted. He had a live band consisting of some of the finest sessions music- musicians in the world. He had an amazing band. It was the best backup band in the world, bar none. Um, J.D. Sumner and the Stamps, backing group vocals for the Gospel Quartet, and the Sweet Inspirations, Aretha Franklin's backing group for the Soul. That's those chicks that are singing in it. Um... Uh, Elvis was a fat, divorced, 40-year-old ex-trucker on prescription medication, and he was making music for fat, divorced, 40-year-old truck drivers. It was big and bombastic and schmaltzy and dealt with divorces and custody battles and the pain of everything going wrong in one's emotional life, and he did so in simple terms with a giant string section. Fantastic. And 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 I get it now. I get it. And I dug out a, a box set, um, Walk a Mile in My Shoes, which I think I had... Years and years ago, and then I bought it about 18 months ago, because I got it for about eight quid. Five discs, beautiful. I've not read the booklet, but um, uh, five discs. Um, I got it for eight quid. And some of the stuff on there, man alive, it is, uh, it's incredible. Got some texts and some emails coming in. We'll read those in a little bit. 87222, start your message with the word talk. Texts cost 25 pence. Plus, your normal sending charges. I'm Ian Lee. This is the brand new Late Night Alternative, only on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Okay, no phone calls anymore. We don't do those. Phone calls are so 2017. Um, you can text and uh, you can email. Have, Ian, have, Brian says, I can't. Okay, I can't actually... There we go. Ah, scrolling. Okay, fine. Uh, Katie says, doing great without the callers. Yep, thank you. Okay. Uh, Brian says, have you ever listened to Dread Zeppelin? I bet you have. It's the most Elvis thing since Elvis. Do you remember Dread Zeppelin? Uh, no. Right, Dread Zeppelin. Um, 1989, 1990. They did... Le- they Have I got this right? They did reggae versions of Led Zeppelin songs... Sung by Elvis, I think. And I, I think the idea was better. I remember I had the I had a tape of it, and it was on the tape on the other side of the tape was Gary Glitter's Gang Show. Um, that th- let's just say uh, the GGG side got played a lot more than the the DZ side, DZ side. Um, 
but yeah, I think that's the thing. And it was an Elvis impersonator with carpet stuck on his sideburns. And then he died really young as well. Oh, no. He died really young. In the toilet or? Um, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, James says, Ian, what's this I hear about you considering calling the rabbit hole a day? Rabbit hole is a podcast that me and Catherine do. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about, there's a, there's a lot of change going on, right? There's a lot of change going on in my life. And I'm just thinking about sweeping out the old and getting in the new. And it's something that we've spoken about, Catherine and I. And we just, we don't, we don't quite know. I mean, and I did sort of spring it on you a little bit yesterday for comic effect. By the way, everyone who came to the rabbit hole last night, well done. There were the fir- the people who bought the first 15 tickets, the time was wrong on the tickets. Oh, so one guy messaged me saying he rocked up at quarter past seven. I did offer him a refund. He, he wouldn't take it. So fair play. But the first 15 tickets had the time wrong. I remember now. Um, but everyone who came, it was a great night, a lot of fun. Uh, it was a really funny night, actually. And, um, oh, then some people said, messaged me saying, oh, we didn't get a picture with you, but we were waiting in the bar. Ah! Um, okay. Anyway, uh, but we, we did it last night. And, um, well, what do you think about it being me, me? I'm not saying it was the last one, definitely, but what do you think about it? I think we need to do something new with it. I'm, I'm up for that. Whether it's, um, not having it anymore in that incarnation. Or at all, I don't know. I just know we've got no more booked up, apart from the show in June, which is hopefully going to be something slightly different. Yeah, and the whole idea of it was to take it out of London, so, yeah. you know. It's it's done the job in that in that way. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, guys. I'm open to suggestions on that. Um, Ian and Kath, I don't have any friends, so if I couldn't call the people I've met once and have on Facebook friends, I'd be screwed, says Lynn. Nick says, um, I would go. Here we go. I'm autistic and suffer from depression, and people like you make life much easier by talking about stuff. I know you get stick off some people, but please know that you're a massive help to us. Uh, lots of love. That's from Nick. Thank you, Nick. Uh, I've had a few very nice people like Nick get in touch recently and say some very nice things about how m- me talking about mental health has been helpful to them. Um, and also ha- about the way that we do this show has been helpful. That guy last night I was speaking to, the skinny Gene Gardner, said some really nice things about how this show, and by, you know, you that includes you as well, Catherine, um, uh, it, it has kind of in- inspired him to try and do something that feels true to him, which mm-hmm. is why we're not doing calls b- anymore, because it just doesn't feel true to me to do calls. So, um, yeah, um... Um, what's this? Uh, uh, Ian, it's Mr. Baxter from the Rabbit Hole last oh, night. Oh, yeah, he was good. I forgot to ask, what was that monkey's tune you tried to do last year with four people, one on each line? Um, that was called Zilch. Uh, we didn't try to do it, we, we executed it. it beautifully. No, we did it. Uh, and when I say executed, I mean stone dead. Uh, Archie says, one of the things I found strange about Elvis being called the king of rock and roll, he never wrote one song. Now, here we go. Here we go. i tell you why Elvis is called the king of rock and roll. Because no one did it before him. No one did what he did before him. He was the first. Right. Let's deal with the thing about him stealing black people's music. Most of his songs are written by white people. Hound Dog? Was ha- now, was Hound Dog Carl Perkins or was, was Blue Suede Shoes Carl Perkins? Blue Suede Shoes might have been Lieber and Stoller who were white, Jewish kids. Um, Anyway, most of his songs are written by white people. 
again, Andrew writes brilliantly about this in his thing. You could argue that Elvis was perhaps more successful than maybe Little Richard or, or, or Chuck Berry because he was white. Yeah, okay, you can possibly argue that, definitely. But you can't argue, you know, Elvis still sold more records than most other white people. So he obviously had something, you know, he sold more white, he sold more records than Pat Boone who did, um, ain't that a shame, you know, covered black music and stuff. Yeah, but the thing was about Elvis was he was the whole pop package. Yep. The f- and the first time you'd kind of seen it. Yep. I mean, he was a really, really good looking bloke, regardless of whether he was straight or gay. You ha- cannot deny that fundamentally that is a good looking fella. And he was doing moves that no one else was doing. He had the, he had that thing. He had that thing. And so, Girls would go crazy mm, for him, and he was tapping totally. right into that market, but also he was cool enough that blokes would buy his records too. Totally. Totally. And also as well, if, from really early on, I've got all of this from, from Andrew's thing, all the Sun records that were released, right, his first two years, he was Sun Records, Sam Phillips, right? One side was a rock and roll song, one side was a country song. So from right from the off... He's hedging his bets. He's, do- he's not hedging his bets. He's doing two different kinds of music. He, he-, he would do Jolson songs and songs from musicals and stuff like that. He was, you know, he-, he he was the first. He was the first. And he was the biggest. And no one will ever go through that. Um, so, you know, so I'm, I'm digging late Elvis. What I need now is I need a, I need a good book about Elvis in the 70s. And, um, and I've not been able to find one. Google away. Google away. I've not been I able to find know. one. Apparently, Hound Dog was by Big Mama Thornton. Big Mama Thornton. Okay. Right. Then. There's Blue Sway Shoes was Carl Perkins. Blue Sway Shoes was Carl Perkins. Then who wrote Heartbreak Hotel? Was that Lieber and Stoller? Oh, I don't know. Who, who wrote Heartbreak Hotel? No. Who wrote. That wasn't them. Who wrote Heartbreak Hotel? Uh. There we go. Tommy Durden and Maybor and Axton. Black or white? I, I'm, I'm curious. Curious. Let's see. Tommy curious. Uh, Durden, Durden, white fella. Yeah, really. Maybor and Axton, white woman. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? Because uh, uh, I've always thought that oh, he stole the, he stole black people's music. Well, actually when it was highlighted that most of his songs were written by white people, including a lot of the early ones, um, it, 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 it's interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. I don't like early Elvis. You know, I don't like the movies. Um, you know, do the clam and um, uh, yoga is as yoga does. Those are actual songs by the dude. But I'm really enjoying um, uh, having a look at... Uh, late era Elvis. Might do another Elvis song later on because I found, I've discovered, this is what I discovered in the car. That I could, I can, if I, if I really let rip, um, come on, come on, come in the on, car. come on now. If I really let rip, right, and I, I really open my throat and I, I push from, my, push from here, from my diaphragm, I can do it. Right. I can do it. Well, even with the, the neck, neck brace neck gets brace. in the way a little bit. Mm. I'm hoping I can take it off in a week or two. Um, That's all right, Mama. Arthur Crudup, Blackfella. Well, yeah, I know. Just saying. Okay, fine. Well, I, yeah, I got that. If, where are you getting this information from? Are people tweeting you? No. Because that is not... That is... I'm using the Google, as you said I was entitled to. Um, is that a problem? Um, you got beef? Oh, oh, Shook Up, written by a white guy. Well, let's see. 
think you might be right. Go on. Who is it? Mm. Oh, no, hang on. I'm looking at all shook up. Musical. For goodness sakes. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on, guys. All shook up. Recorded by Elvis Presley. Yep. Composed by Otis Blackwell. Well. <laughs> Doesn't say. Hang on. No. I don't know. I can't find it. He's not got a picture. Okay. Well. Hang on. Let me see if I can find a picture. Okay. Well, while you're you doing do that, that. 87222 if you want to text. Text costs 25 pence plus your network charge. You can go to... Blackfella. Is he? Okay. Fine. All right. Well, okay. So, so, so half and half on that that kind of, you know, the, the, the silly little... Uh, just remind me, one of my favourite... The, 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 the monkeys, right? Is the monkey's great music? It's often overlooked how funny their TV show was. Really innovative TV show, right? Shot on film, um, and shot like like movies. You know, edited and shot on film, and and wonderful. And there's a great. There's two really great gags in it, right? One of them I told you before is one where the joke was David Jones is always falling in love, right? And he keeps missing band rehearsals because he's always falling in love, gets the little stars in his, eye, in his eyes. And he's wearing this white jersey, the yellow jersey with black stripes down the sleeves, very distinct. And he has Prince Valiant haircut. And the other guys go, right, listen, this David just keeps getting the horn and leaving, right? We're going to chain him to the chair. So there's this massive ornate chair, right? And they chain his leg to the chair, right? And then they go, they go to the kitchen, they come back and Davey, the, Davey's gone, the chair's gone. They go, oh, my God, he's gone. So they run out into the streets of Los Angeles and they see in the distance this fella with the Prince Valiant haircut, the yellow jersey with the black stripes and dragging a chair. They go, <laughs> Davey, Davey! And they turn around and it's someone else. He goes, oh, sorry, we thought you were someone else. And it's, such a del- it's just such a delicious gag. But they all, the, one of my favourite other gags is um, they've got to do something horrible i can't think what it is i think maybe i have to go for a job interview right and they go how are we going to decide i know let's draw straws so they all get a pen and paper <laughs> and they all draw pictures of straws right and the, the, the mike mickey and peter's straws really long and davies of course is tiny they go davy you drew the short straw and yes and it's just such a lovely stupid throwaway gag that i try and incorporate into my life as often as um as often as I, I can. We're talking about self-publishing and how that has uh, uh, revolutionised, I think, the way that uh, um, artists, creative people, creative people, um, or people exploring their creativity can get stuff out there now. And... Um, so I was speaking to this guy yesterday after the show, the skinny Gene Gardner, and I'd totally forgotten that I'd, he'd emailed and said, can I grab you for 10 minutes and interview for my podcast about gardening? Oh, and I forgot. And so we were going, and he grabbed me and said, oh, can, can we do this tomorrow? I said, oh, no, no, man, we'll do it now. Sorry, I totally forgot. We'll do it now. And he's a really nice guy. And um, he was telling me how, uh, 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 you know, he didn't have an outlet. He wanted to do kind of a show about gardening, and he didn't really have an outlet for it. So he just got off his arse, got a cheap digital recorder for like a hundred quid. Um, you can get it for cheaper than that. You know, it's a scaled down version of the one that we use. How's it, our one has got whistles and bells and stuff. Um, but I guess he puts his whistles and bells on with a computer afterwards. I don't know. Um, and he set up the feed and he's got a Facebook page and he does live video on Facebook and stuff like that. And he's, you know, he's, I, I doubt, I don't know if he's making any money from it, but he's got, um, 
he's got quite a loyal following that is growing and people enjoy what he's putting out now i don't know the numbers it it may be just a few hundred people i don't know but it's incredible that that outlet is available now because when we were kids well, kids patronizing him but when we were younger there wasn't anything no it wasn't anything you could you might make tapes for your mates and hawk them around my my equivalent of it was doing um open spots at comedy clubs that was my equivalent that was because that i ended up doing open spots at comedy clubs because i couldn't get any acting work and um i wanted what we call stage time i wanted to perform and get experience and stuff so i would phone go through timeout and i would phone up all these comedy clubs and try and get five minute open spots five minutes if you did enough five minute open spots then hopefully you might get a paid 10 minute spot you know it was, it was a slog it was a soulless slog and boy oh boy every now and then someone <laughs> who ran a comedy club back in the day and refused to even give me an open spot or laughed at me and told me to f off when I asked for a paid spot. Um, every now and then, one of, I've had it just a few over the last couple of years. They've got in touch with me to ask me for something, and I've taken. And I know this is childish, but I've taken great delight in either ignoring them or saying no. Sorry, I can't help. Isn't that? But they were so. When I was phoning up comedy clubs and i was kind of living in london for some of it i was also living at my mum's for some of it and i'd go up and use the, the extension the phone in her room and sit on the edge of the bed and i hate you know i hate phone calls Catherine, which is partly why getting rid of the calls on this just just makes my life so much easier um but i hate making phone calls uh, i mean i made the mistake of answering a phone call today from a number i didn't recognize and it was an estate agent telling me about properties in an area i didn't actually want to live in and i found myself saying yes yes no I, yes i'm interested in high wickham and aylesbury i'd made a mistake by registering uh, yes i'm interested in high wickham and aylesbury please send me everything what, you've you got didn't just say you didn't, weren't interested no because i'd got in touch with her about a property oh, but i didn't realize it was point. in high wickham uh. uh anyway we'll talk about that later uh, the joys of the joys of looking for a house when you've recently been on a TV show seen by 12 million people. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and how I'm going to get around that when I finally go to putting in a bid. I'm not going to put a bid in. I might need you. I might, I might, I might have to find myself a house, and I might get you or Sam or someone to go along. This is this is absolutely genuine, right? Because people see me. I had it when I when I buy cars. Remember someone using the phrase TV money? And this was like, you know, three or four years ago when I, we were, I was at BBC local radio. Right. Like, oh, Jesus. Um, but if I go in and look at a house now, uh, you know, I've only looked at two and both estate agents have gone, oh, <laughs> oh, it's you. Didn't realise. Ah, saying you're in the jungle. I didn't watch it. My wife watches it. Um, but, uh, and you just think, right, well, I, I can't go in with an offer because they will what estate agents do is they are there to get the best price for the person who's selling so so if a house is say 500 and i say well i'll give you 470 the estate agent goes to the person and goes well he said 470 but don't forget he was on the jungle last year and those guys get paid up to half a million pounds i reckon i can get the full 500 that's that's what's going to happen so genuinely either you or sam i'm going to find a house that i like and then i'm going to send you guys in Maybe as a couple or um, mother and um, grandson what? to walk in and have a look. <laughs> cheeky bugger! To have a look around, and then I'm going to have to get one of you guys to put a bid in. 
for me. And then once the once it gets accepted, then then I appear on the scene. I remove my mask. And I go, ha! It was me all along. Because otherwise, I'm going to get screwed. I know it. I know I, I, I'm going to get screwed. How do other people buy houses? Who? Like I don't know, Paul Hollywood. He's he's got TV money. <laughs> if he's on proper TV. Yeah, but that's your assumption. No, but he's on proper TV. I didn't know he was nobbing a 22-year-old. Well, he might not be nobbing her. They might just be courting. Because last I heard, he was he got back with his wife after the American lady told him no, no, no. But then when I was away, I guess this was, in Australia, his wife dumped him. And so he's off with a 22-year-old. Well, none of our business, eh? It isn't any of our business. But still, 22. Um, how old is he? 51? No, we'll be, I reckon, about 48. Let's have a all check. Right, well, all right, hang on it. You made a big song and dance there, and now you're saying maybe three years it left. Was, it was three maybe, years maybe left. a shimmy. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. I don't think he's 50. I don't think he's 50. He is 1966. What's that? 52. Oh. Thank you. Hey! Wow. See, I was spot on. Well, then, um, 22 is too young, then. I'm going to pass judgment. Yeah. Oh, imagine his wrinkled old... Ah! Member in her beautiful pert young. Stop that! What? Hmm? Let's add. Late night conversation worth losing sleep over. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Someone on YouTube complaining about the music chat. The chat evolves and it grows and it changes and it shifts. Honestly, guys, if you don't like. You know, something we're talking about, it, 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 it's amorphous. I don't like the YouTube chat <laughs> <laughs> that we just had the last 30 seconds. The rest of it's fine. Uh, this is the late, the new and improved late night alternative on talk radio. We don't take phone calls anymore. And um, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Here we go. Um, Nick says, uh, Ian and Kath, any chance of bringing in your portable record player and doing a show this week where you play records and rap? Like an old school radio DJ, absolutely none whatsoever. Um, mm, mm, mm. Someone sent me a very detailed thing about um, uh, beard dandruff, but I don't really know how to make extend the the screen on. Emails. Oh, I do. I don't. Sorry, I'm not that interested. Um, so no, we're not taking any phone calls anymore, and I'm I'm, I'm constantly having to pinch myself. To, to not give out the telephone number. You can take part, though, guys. Um, the legal uh, streams of communication are Texas, 87222, start with the word talk, and um, uh, 25 pence plus your standard network charges. Or if you go to talkradio.co.uk, you can, um, you can uh, email us. Uh, it's just something you want to you want to do. So self-publishing, uh, 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 and it was always there was always that snobby thing, wasn't there, about vanity publishing? In, in, in I remember in the eighties and nineties, and it was for people who um, were too boring to get a proper book. Deal. Yeah, yeah, who'd had their books rejected. Yeah. And so they would. I read pay... some properly mad books though that were self-published. Like oh no, well the, the the vanity stuff. I think there was a lot of it because you would have to spend like two three thousand pounds and you could you would then physically get 200 books and they would be in your garage forever and, and there would there was the, the thing is as well also it's such a, such a dated concept to do it that way because then you then have nowhere to sell them there was no outlet for them whereas now if i self-publish a book and it's something i'm looking at because 
no one's interested in the book that I was writing. And I, I, you know, I had a look at what I'd written the other day, 28,000 words, and I wrote another 500 the other day. Struggling writing about the 11 o'clock show, because it's it's quite boring, actually, what that was. I'm trying to make that interesting. But, um, you know, I'm still still toying with the idea of bringing out um, a book at some point. But no publisher will touch it. So I might do a self-publishing. Now, there are so many websites and ways of doing it and also now when you do it with through a lot of these websites the book only gets printed up when someone orders it so there's no wastage there's no you know having four huge boxes of books you know in your mum's spare room or anything like that someone goes online and they can either order a digital download of it so there's there's it just gets sent straight to their tablet or they order a book and, and it gets printed up now that's pretty perfect if you are selling um small units you know micro thing i released a dvd a couple of years ago this obscure film starring one of the monkeys called keep off my grass about 1975 or 72 i can never work out which year it was and it's it's a really low budget not particularly good stoner comedy right and um and i kind of it was like a sort of a holy grail for monkeys fans and no one could find it and i'm you know i've been hunting for it and then i was at some convention in america and i overheard a young lady speaking to amy dolenz daughter of mickey and star of um um what's that film she's the star of starring tony danza um she's up for it she's mad for it she's mad for that um Amy Dolenz, Tony Danza, uh, like a sort of 80s straight to video. It's quite a big film, actually. Um, rom-com. She's out of control. There we go. She's out of control. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And your thought was, she's mad for it, she's up for it. Anyway, so I, I just happened to walk past her while she was speaking to another young lady. And this young, the first young lady was saying, and, and, and so we had a screening of Keep Off My Grass the other day. And, and, I, and I stopped. It's like... This is, this, I turned around, I said, I'm really sorry, I overheard that, but I've been after that film for, anyway, um, it turns out her dad was one of the producers of the film, and I got in touch, and it all got very complicated, because they wanted huge sums of money, uh, for me to, to release it on DVD, and I had to say to them, dudes, there is no money to be made in this film, there's a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, tops it's a really obscure film the 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 version you have sent me is such poor quality you know and they wanted to sell it for like 50 dollars a pop and all of this and so i made it kind of this mission to get really nice cover designed and to record and film at my own expense as many extras as i could and i got some monkeys fans to record a commentary for it and i got um i paid a guy in america a hundred dollars to go out and film an interview with one of the people that was in it and i filmed a couple of things at home talking about how i found it and all of this and um and we put it and i put it out and it was a real learning curve and i did it via a website called create space right and um because i was looking at getting loads burnt and printed up and it was a real pun and i thought i could well if i got them printed up and you can get them made for like two pounds each and then i could post them out so this website create space they do dvds they do cds and they do books and you put it on there they take quite a big chunk of the money but um it, it it sold and we sold. I, I you know I don't know 
200 copies of it, 250 copies of it, something like that. And, and every month I get a little thing from Amazon saying you've sold one copy this month. Fine, beautiful, you know. And um, it's kind of paid, covered my costs for it. And um, and I, I just, you know, lowered the price ridiculously a couple of months ago and it sold a few more. But so there are ways of getting all of this stuff out there what what's you talked about reading vanity publishing stuff what have you yeah, read you know because i used to work for a bbc well for a long time i worked for a bbc local radio station and the show that i used to do one of the shows i did on my own and i would self uh, produce it as well yeah was like a local history thing now there okay. are loads okay. of local history buffs and you know not all of them interesting some of them brilliant characters yeah. some of them just boring yeah um, but, you know, they put the contents of their heads and their years of study into these sort of self-published books. And sometimes you'd get an absolute beauty. But for the most part, they were kind of, you know, rather dull pamphlets. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I had at one point, I had quite a lot of these books. Um, but it's an outlet. And, you know, some people find that stuff interesting. Yeah. And I think also it's more... For the person that writes them, it's more the fact that they have got a physical... Yeah, I've written a book. This is my life's work. Yeah, I think that's the thing. But um, but th- there are some people that make, that, that make a living out of it. I think Andrew, who I've been talking about, I think he makes a living from his Patreon blog and from the books he puts out. And when I say a living... <laughs> You know, he's not driving around um, in a sports car smoking expensive cigars. I think he can pay his rent and food. It allows him to write. Yeah. Because this is another thing. You know, you talk to Matt Haig, for example, and he's not the only writer um, who's made this point, but he's someone we've had a conversation with about it. You need to have a certain amount of money to be able to not do anything else but write. And if, if you're writing a book... You need to not do anything yeah. else but write, yeah. which is why there's this kind of whole sector, really, of, of authorship that is just posh people, people yeah. that have got enough family money to be able to sit down and do nothing else. Yeah. Um, and it's not right. And and this whole sort of democratisation of publishing means that it's not that so much anymore. But then it also goes back to um, the start of the indie music um uh industry which i i guess kind of started maybe not started but took off around punk when um you know th- these these crappy little punk bands that were never going to get signed up by a big label or by a label would go and print 500 copies of their single themselves you know and and, and it went from bands doing that to kind of people going well actually i think I think I can start a little company and I can produce 500 of this band, 250 of this band, and do you know what? We'll take a punt and we'll do a 1,000 of this. And that's how things like Factory Records started. You know, Factory Records was a small indie band. It was it was driven by uh, Tony Wilson's chutzpah, you know. And, and, it, and New it, Order's money. Yeah, well, well, New Order's money eventually once they started making money. But when it was Joy Division and stuff, and, and uh, you know, it was Tony Wilson that took a punt and said, all right, well, we'll, we'll I think I'm, I'm on the borders of my musical knowledge here. I I think I got this right, but it was people like Tony Wilson who took a punt on these these you know these dour, miserable um, you know very small bands that had small followings. And went, Do you know what? I think maybe we can sell a thousand singles with these. these yeah, guys. but with Tony Wilson, it was never about money. It was just no. he would pour it all back into the oh, art. No. It was all about art. No, exactly, exactly. So um, uh, there are all these outlets that are out there and are uh, you know available. Now the the, the problem is. That, uh, the only problem I can see with podcasts and books and music and things like that is getting your voice 
heard you know if you release a podcast now you, you're shouting into the wind aren't you because there, there are a million and one podcasts done by well me and kath have got two podcasts you know we're professional broadcasters there are big comedians like adam buxton and and, and richard herring doing podcasts there are um you know great writers who have got huge companies behind them giving them money to do podcasts like john ronson and people like that so uh it, you know if you start your own podcast you're kind of shouting into the wind but i guess it has to be about um you know you wanting to create something and to express yourself artistically yeah i think uh well there we go that's an hour down i was a little bit nervous about this no callers thing but uh, do you know what i think it's uh uh it, i think it's gonna be all right think it's gonna be a long long time um you are listening to a very bold very brave new late night alternative with Catherine boyle and myself um you can listen to us on dab you can download the app or you can go to talkradio.co.uk don't forget you can watch the show if you go to periscope.tv slash Ian Lee, or if uh, I'll tweet the um, the YouTube link, because YouTube is um, a little bit friendlier. Uh, you can take part in the show, 87222. Start your text with the word uh, talk, cost 25 pence plus network charge. Or if you want to do it for free, you can email us by going to talkradio.co.uk. I am Ian Lee. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Here we go. If I could be you, if you could be me for just one hour. Could find a way to get inside each other's minds. Oh, if you could see me through your eyes instead of your ego, I believe you'd be, I believe you'd be surprised to see that you've been blind. Oh, walk a mile in my shoes, walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah, before you abuse, criticize and accuse, walk a mile in my shoes. Now if we spend the day throwing stones at one another, cause I don't think, cause I don't think I'll wear my hair the same way you do. Uh-huh. Oh, well, I may be common people, but I'm your brother. And when you strike out to hurt me, it's a hurting you. Lord have mercy, walk a mile in my shoes. Hey! Walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah, before you abuse, criticize and accuse, walk a mile in my shoes. This bit's about race. Now there are people in reservations and out in the ghetto. And brother there, but for the grace of God, go you and I. Oh, if I only had the wings of a little angel. Don't you know I'd fly to the top of a mountain and then I'd cry. Walk a mile in my shoes 
just walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah, before you abuse, criticize and abuse, walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Yeah, before you abuse, criticize and accuse, walk a mile in my shoes. Um, I like to dedicate that to everyone on Twitter. Um, uh, so, uh, do you know what? I'm speechless because as, as I finished that, I thought that was actually was all right. That was all right. Oh, you can't. I said you can't. <laughs> I just realised that. <laughs> as I said, I thought I don't think you enunciated that word as clearly as you needed to to avoid any <laughs> offcoms. <laughs> You cannot, <laughs> you cannot say otherwise. I can't knock that. Um, LBC are talking about gay kids right now. Right. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> you spelled uh, kids wrong. Just kids. They're talking right, about kids. So Ahmed has texted in. Uh, eight, thank you for the... T- uh, eight, seven, triple, two. Um, uh, so you would talk 25 pence by salmon. Ahmed has texted in, right? <laughs> yeah. Twice, okay. First text. LBC are talking about gay kids right now. Right. Then 30 seconds later, he's put an asterisk and then the word fat. So he's obviously... One of those words in that original text was... Fat kids or fat gay kids? Fat... I I guess he means LBC talking about gay fats right now. Gosh. What is it? Are they talking about gay kids or fat kids? Doesn't matter. I'm for both. Um, uh, here we go. Uh, Will says, my dearest Ian, very much enjoying the new show and vicariously exploring the depth of your mind. Thank you. I would like to apologise for a couple of calls I made this year in which I was tipsy and thought I understood the show, but in hindsight I did not. Well, Will, you're part of the problem, but now you're part of the solution. No harm was meant. Keep up the good work. Any chance of a cover of Kentucky Rain? Oh, oh yeah, there's why? a very... Why are you encouraging this? Very, very strong chance of a, of a cover of that. Um, um, Ian and Kath, I found your discussion about self-publishing really interesting. It was. I have lived with various mental health issues since the age of 17, and this has got in the way of me achieving the things I wanted to achieve in life, such as having my own family, etc. And my friends are moving on with their own lives. I am therefore trying to find a writing project to focus on and give me a sense of purpose. When I've written in the past, I've had great feedback. There are so many ideas in my head about what I could do, but nothing that has grabbed me. How do you decide which creative projects to pursue? Just start. Yeah, with writing, I think... Just get it down. It doesn't have to be right straight away. That's a lesson my dad taught me. Just get it down. Yeah. And then you can tinker with it afterwards, but you can't tinker with nothing. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like when I was at my bravest when I was doing stand-up, and I was never a very good stand-up. I was ne- never. I, was, I had some gigs that went well, but... There were times when I would go and free my mind and have nothing prepared, and just stand there and see what came out. I couldn't do it very often, because I was terrified, and I, you know, I was smoking a lot of dope, and, um, and I thought that, that channeled, you know, some inner creativity. Actually, it didn't. For me, it certainly stifled creativity. Um, 
but I would, I would sometimes I would go with nothing, and it was free. And and um, it's just as we're considering stopping doing the rabbit hole. It's just as we've worked out, and maybe that's why it's, I'm considering doing it because I've worked out what it is and how to do it. The last two rabbit holes. Where was the last one we did? London was it Bath. Yeah, no, we've done no, one since Bath. One since Bath. Uh, Brighton. Brighton. The last three. But Brighton was always fun. That, l- we, that's a beautiful place yeah. to go. Oh, it's good. But the last three, I think we've got it. We've, we've finally worked out what the formula is, right? And the formula is to treat it as though it's the radio show. But with, and, and just do it. And as soon as it starts, we're in. Uh, but even that's not actually accurate. Because with the radio show, I've written down some stories from the papers... And I've written down six things to talk, six things that have been floating around in my head. Just literally words. Elvis, houses, how did they discover fire? No films I've written down. I don't know what that would be. Oh, because it's not, okay, I know what that is. It's literally written down. And I I, I did that for for the rabbit hole last night, but we didn't touch any of those things that I'd written down. But don't you find it's when you're prepared, that's when you've got stuff, that's when you don't need it. I think no I think I think that's 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 part of the the journey I think the the, the true this is going to make me sound so pretentious but do you know what say it I'm going to say it um the, the the true art comes I've lost it. The true art comes when there's nothing when there's nothing there and last night was one of the best rabbit holes we've done and it, just as the lights went down and we started the show, we were straight into it. None of that was prepared. None of that was rehearsed. You'd mentioned about maybe doing a Guess Who game and you'd started to talk to me about the rules. And I said, no, 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 don't, I don't want to hear it. I've heard enough. Talk to me about it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, d- d- I don't want to hear about it now. Talk to me about it in the show. Um, and that was it. And we had a couple of answer phone messages and that was it. Right. And um, I don't know, it, it, it came from, there was something greater than us spewing that stuff out last night. Um, for people that came to the, um, now this hasn't gone out as a podcast yet, okay? So I'm literally speaking to, well, 100 people last night and 90 people in Bath. I'm speaking to 190 people, right? Um, th- this will go out soon, but. Uh, in Bath, and then again last night, we played an answer phone message that we received from a, wo- a woman called Sue in Switzerland who wanted to talk about death. Okay, And if you remember in Bath, we spent an hour trying to phone her up, and we, we got this mysterious Swiss guy, who well, not, not so mysterious, he was in Switzerland. Um, we spoke to him in German, and we couldn't find Sue. And then we played it out again last night, and um, uh, um, Sue might be coming on this, this show in a couple of weeks. I've, I, I have been speaking. I've found Sue. Someone found Sue. And um, so the good news is she's alive. She's alive. And she's well. And um, she's had a bit of a rocky ride, but she's all right. And I know that there were a lot of people that were concerned. Um, but, but, but I have been communicating with Sue today. So, you know, that's, um, that's something. Let's see what we've got here. Uh, loving the new format, says Stuart Gray, who was the photographer last night. Did those brilliant pictures. They were lovely. Uh, now no need to feel stupid about not having the courage to call in. Um, please finish on an American trilogy. 
Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Jen says, have a look at the documentary film. That's the way it is. Elvis is peak in 71, 72. I've seen it. Yeah. Last Train to Memphis is the best Elvis biography. Um, um, I want a book about uh, 70s Elvis. I want a book about 70s Elvis. Um, that's what I want. That's what I'm really after. Um, we need to stop child obesity now by eating all of the Easter eggs. <laughs> Come on, Jenny. My eldest hit the wall very early this, this Easter. Really? Yeah, today, this morning. Uh, I got up Brexit and I boys. said to her, I opened my first Easter egg today. Yep. And I didn't even eat the egg. I just ate the... It was munchies. I don't know why my mum's bought me munchies. It seems like a very old-fashioned... Munchies? Oh, I bought packet munchies the other day. Yeah, packet fancy. munchies, but a munchies Easter egg. That seems grandiose for a munchies. What they should do, these these bastard Easter egg makers, is all right, okay, once you get over the thing that it's not a giant, you know, the the, the Mars bar Easter egg isn't a giant egg with with Mars bar juice in it, you know, whatever. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, but okay, all right, so they're not going to do that, okay, no. but they, they could surely make the actual egg out of... The, the ingredients because it's different it's just different chocolate yeah. all right so make it out of like, so make it out of like a thin mars bar mm. make it do that yeah do that then so you smack the egg open and it's a thin mars bar make it it could be smaller yeah so yeah this munchies easter egg i didn't bother with the egg well, i'm not really that bothered about i'm not really that bothered about easter eggs anyway so i had the munchies and i opened them up and i let my youngest have one and of course she helped me out she's very helpful when it comes to chocolate uh, my eldest, though, turned her nose up and said, no, I've, I'm sick of chocolate. This is, this is the day after Easter. She's sick of chocolate already. But then it transpired she'd had one for breakfast yesterday and she'd had one and a half today before hmm. I got the munchies out, so that's probably why. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, devils. Um, I'm reminded of... Let me just see if I can find this. I'm going, going deep into my DMs. Where is it? Hang on a second. Deep into my DMs. Um, why can't I find it? Why can't I find it? Let's try that. No, I can't find it. Um, Dan Mugger Harris. Yeah. And Billy Hayes. Bill, uh, Billy Hayes. Yes. Who are contributors to the show. And very artistic men. Yeah. Um, and, and Dan makes films and uh, Billy is a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dan's a brilliant painter. Have you seen his paintings? Oh my god, yeah, they're so good. They're nuts, aren't? I mean, insane. But but you know, he's he's damaged goods. You can only do those pictures if you're damaged oh, goods. You have to be put it to use. You have to be. Um, but they're brilliant. But they've started doing a radio show, and um, I think it's partly because they've been inspired by us. So they've started doing a radio show, and I'm just trying to find. Um, yeah, you tweeted saying it was great. Yeah, I was listening to it. I listened to about half an hour of the first one. And, um, um, and it was brilliant. It was too, here we go. Right. Uh, let me listen, because this might have, this might have swears in. What? Well, this is the second. So this is, so this is them doing their radio show. It might have swears in. I can't remember. Get your finger on that dump button. My finger's on the dump button. Here we go. Episode of the Muggy Bonehead show recorded the other day. Um, follow us on Facebook and Mixcloud under the Muggy Bonehead radio show and at Muggy Bonehead it's on Twitter. M-U-G-G-E-Y-B-O-N-E-H-E-A-D. Muggy Bonehead. Anyway, 
Uh, Billy's not here, so I'm yet again having to do all the work, the lazy git. Uh, well, uh, well, here's a quick recap of last week, and then a song about men going to work. Well, um, yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah. oh yeah. Snake wrestling, uh, Margaret Thatcher impressions. B- blow up Argentina! Um, la 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 I'm like your spiritual guru. You're certainly not teaching me how to construct a conversation without turning into an idiot. So, um, well, have you seen good films recently? <laughs> and give up your dreams, don't get married, don't have children. Never else. Well, hopefully you'll uh, take heed such information. You're a fool. You're a fool and an idiot. Well, um, it might be Japanese, I don't know. In the streets, eating pot pies and salad cream. What? And you were going to run me up and gave me a pep talk. If you want to get the results, you've got to rub it in the right way. Right, rub it in the right way. Don't to hate him less. No, how this happened. Um, I think he had a lot of trouble with drugs. It changed me. I was watching Jonathan Ross back in the 90s. We are called... Um, at Muggy Bonehead. M-U-G-G-E-Y-B-O-N-E-H-E-A-D. Between 10 and 12 next Wednesday. Thanks, guys. Ta-ta. to any radio show I've ever heard in my life. Oh, what a psychedelic mess. I love it. Now, listen, that's not going to be for everyone. You're not going to get my mum bopping away. Well, she'll bop away to this. But she, she'd be confused by that first But that's not what podcasts no. are for. Podcasts are very specialist, and they're supposed to speak to a certain person. And this goes out live. They do this live. Wow. Wednesday. They're, they're officially our competition on a Wednesday night at 10 o'clock. Are they? Yeah. And they then work? it goes out now, who sang the theme tune to our video design pet? Because it sounds like Dennis Waterman it isn't. Was it the punky one? Right. Did the punky one from, from our video design pets? Because he was a singer. Was he? Yeah. Yeah, he was a singer. He died young. Heart attack, drugs, I'm going to say. I don't know. Then, of course, um... Nail. Nail was a singer. I think this was the punky one. Living all right. Joe Fagan. Who's Joe Fagan? Apparently he wrote, he sang That's Living Alright. He sounds like um, Joe Cocker. You sure it's not Joe Cocker? No, it's not. Joe Fagan. Alright. That's Living Alright. That keyboard.
And on it goes, and on it goes. First time I saw a stripper was on our feed, Zane Pet. Um, my auntie Linda was um, babysitting, that, that and we were too late, that right? Rings a bell. And there was oh, yeah. yeah, and there was a scene where they went to see a stripper, and my auntie Linda realised what we were watching and tried to turn it over. And apparently, me and my sister flattened her. <laughs> Um, when we come back from the break, um, I, I, I'm sorry to put a damper on you. I've got, we've got, we've got some bad news has just popped up oh, on my no, computer. What? Um, well, well, let's do the break. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. All right. These scumbags, these scumbags, these vultures who like to, um, exploit my misery, right? Fell down a well. Last week, oh, it was funny. Um, you, you, uh, you tell me it's funny to be wet to just below your knees. I had to piss in that water. I didn't say whoa, that last week. Oh, don't tell him. I that. had to. Don't tell him that. No, I had to piss in that water. I was standing in my own piss, right? And I've not made a big thing about it, but I'm wearing a neck brace because I twisted my right ankle and it's kind of gone all the way up my spine and it, it takes me an hour to get out of bed. I'll be on Good Morning Britain tomorrow. Normally I get up at ten past five. I have to set my alarm for ten past four to give me a head start. And I'll be wearing a neck brace on there, but I will be talking about the, in a serious way, about the, what can happen. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, The Sun. The Sun have written a story about, about tonight's show. You mean our co-workers at The Sun? Brace yourself! Would they do this to someone who had cancer or was in a wheelchair? Well, if they were wearing a neck brace, they might. Brace yourself. Ian Lee wears a neck brace on his talk radio show days after falling down a well in bizarre accident. The 44-year-old... What's that got to do with anything? Careful. 45 soon. Took to the radio wearing the neck support as he hosted the first show without any listener calls. By Jill Robinson. Oh, Jill. Ian Lee wore a neck brace on his talk radio show. Uh, the 44-year-old posted a series of bizarre tweets on Friday, claiming he was stuck down a well and waiting for fire crews to rescue him. Stop. Inaccurate. It wasn't on Friday. No, it wasn't on Friday. Also, he's been wearing the neck brace since last week, so... It's not like it's just appeared days after. But carry on, Jill. And on tonight's show, Ian could be seen on the live feed wearing a white neck support. And at one point he said, I'm hoping I can take it off in a week or two. <clears throat> Finding this very upsetting. Okay. The neck brace comes after he was forced to deny claims he was making an early April Fool's joke, saying he slipped after tossing a coin into a well but missing the water. Ian tweeted, sorry team, this is messed up. Tonight's show is cancelled as I've fallen down a well. This is not a joke. Later, he appeared to message from inside the well, posting, it's not metaphorical, it's an actual well. I was worried that people would, would think it was a metaphorical thing. Like a well of despair. Um, this is nuts, phone dying, help is coming, but I'm a bit shaken. He added, sprained ankle, soaking wet. I've been told the fire brigade are on their way. Pray God for me. Some fans sent him messages of support. And then there's the messages. One wrote, "Ah, oh, Ian, I hope you're okay. You just you you've just lived most people's worst nightmare. Take care of yourself." Another said, "I'm not sure what on earth is going on, but I hope you are sorted very soon. Stay positive." Um, um, the presenter updated followers once the alleged incident was over, writing, "Out of that bloody well, bat, wet, battered, limping. Big up 
to the fire service. Police car going to blue light me to talk radio. Incredible service. And thank you, because they've actually... I spelt incredible wrong, and they've actually spelt it right there. So thank you. You spelt it Spanish way. It was perfectly Incredible service from the boys and girls in blue. Arriving at his show, he shrugged off suggestion he was joking and said the incident occurred when he tossed a coin into a well at an old church. He said... Ooh. You're right. Yes, he said. It's just bringing back memories. He said, the wish doesn't count if the coin doesn't touch the water. It's the only coin I had. I'm such an idiot. What I tried to do was reach it. I've not seen these words written down. What I tried to do was reach it leaning overhead first. There's no bucket, but there's a rope hanging down. I got hold of the rope and I tried to go down feet first. I fell into the well. The bizarre incident came as the presenter revealed he has stopped taking calls from listeners on his radio show after a huge Twitter spat with a listener. Leave me alone, guys. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I don't want anything to do with you, guy. Leave my personal misery. Uh, but in all serious, please please leave my personal misery to, to me. I'm talking about it on Good Morning Britain tomorrow. We're going to do a serious feature, I've been assured, about well safety. That they're going to do it like sensitively and... Mm. There'll be no mock, there'll be no tone. No, 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 no. I've been assured it's going to be a nice, um, it's going to be sensitive and respectful. Um, and we're going to talk about that and then that's it. It's done. The well, the well is done. So, um, we are done. Did we have the break then? We had, did we have the quarter pass break? Yeah. We did do that, didn't we? Of course we did. Okay. Um, this is a brand new style of show and do you know what? It's, it's, you got me rocking and a rolling, rocking and a reeling barber around. This is the late night alternative without phone calls. And do you know what guys, for me, it's all the better for it. If you want to take part, you can text 87222, start your word, um, uh, talk, um, and 25 pence plus network chart. You know all that stuff. That's all good stuff. And, um, here are the adverts. Yeah. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on air and off the leash on Talk Radio. How did they, they discover fire? Serious question. I'll tell you why. We were watching um, Bear Grylls, the island of Bear Grylls. You know, Bear Grylls is on a different island to this. He's not even on an island. He's probably in Panama or he may even have gone home. He just drops them off, right? Yeah. He says, I'll see you in a month. Well, they get... Because I was I was up for doing I was the standby contestant for the celebrity one right, um, which meant I got paid two grand for not going. Beautiful, beautiful, and um, he, you you get fl- we were going to get flown out to Panama, have three days survivalist training, then dumped on the island. Um, uh, uh, but so there's a new series of the civilian ones starting tonight. And they've made it competitive. They've got they've they've sort of dropped two teams on there, without telling each team that there's another team. And it's a really you know strange old fashioned division. It's posh people versus common people, and um, they they kind of meet up. It, it's a very weird vibe. Now, having been part of you know one of these shows where twenty four hours is edited down into fifty three minutes. I am aware that the narratives are not, maybe not necessarily creative, but they're certainly sharpened and, you know, any of the rough edges are knocked off to create a fine point as opposed to a kind of an amorphous lump. Second time I've used the word amorphous in the show tonight. It still works. Yep. Um, You know, which most conversations and most day-to-day interactions, they're they're, they're amorphous and they're, they're, they're not smooth and they're not pointed. But on TV, we have to have pointed. We have to have good guys and we have to have bad guys. And there has to be, and that, that, that can change. The good and the bad can change, but we have to have those divisions. Um, 
but it was it's still a it's still a cracking watch. Um, and um, they you get taught how to make fire, and obviously to, to to make fire you rub sticks together. It's not quite like that. You have one type of wood with a hole in it. And then you have another bit of wood that's got a point in it. And you've got some rope, which is around that. And that helps you to move it. You don't even have to move it that fast. You have to do it for a long time. That's the thing. You've got to do it for a long, long time. It's the friction you want. Yeah. Is there anything down the hole, though? No. Um, is there not like some bits of like grass or something? Well, no, you've got to get embers going. That's What you get in there is embers. And then once you get the embers, then you tip it onto the dry grass and then you've got a blow on it and that makes smoke and then that makes the fire but how did they discover that the, the very first time the very first time because you don't discover that by accident well it must oh i'm thinking it must have been an accident an accident yeah because they couldn't have known that that would work they wouldn't have known about friction um sorry. they would have been doing something else and then realized that there was smoke coming surely but I mean, I don't. I can't imagine a scenario in which you would be making that motion without. Well, flint is a great way for starting. Flint is a much better way of starting fire. Ah, uh, now that might have been hitting something. Yeah, flint is a much much. If I would, if I were to start a fire, it it would be with it would be with flint. I think is how I would do it, as opposed to the sticks method. Um, here we go, Graham's. Um, so nothing to do with what we're saying. Just we were going down a coldy suck. Ian and Kathy, absolutely loving the show tonight. Been listening on a snowy drive home from a gig, a gig in Glasgow. Oh, snowy. Crikey. You be uh, careful. The best show in ages. Thank you, Graham. Um, yeah, I, I should should have said this earlier on. Sorry, I will only read out your texts and emails if it's got a, a, a proper name and a location. And I, we, we're an hour and a half into the show. We can start getting a little bit stricter now. So um, please, I uh, will only read out your texts if it's got a name and a location because I don't want any um, any uh, spammers. Um, it's Easter holidays. Mm. Is it Easter holidays for your kids? Yes, yes. Yeah. They're very much off. And uh, my kids are away this weekend and they just got back today and i'm hopefully gonna i'm gonna go over and see them for a couple of hours on wednesday and take the playstation vr <gasps> i'm loving the playstation vr there's i played a couple of great games one called VR virtual reality virtual reality non-gamers out there um it's where they wear these headsets and you get sucked i've been playing it. i've played dick wild where basically have you seen this sam sam's a bit of a gamer it's i mean it's stupid and it's dumb and it's brilliant fun man basically you're like um out on the bayou and you can choose like a rocket launcher a shotgun you can choose different weapons and you've got to shoot you've got crocodiles coming towards you you've got to shoot them they'll be alligators you, right you, yeah and then you've got fish that squirt paintballs at you and i was playing it for ages and the paintball was splash you in the face right and then someone said you know you can duck so then um so then when they squirt, you've got to duck down and it goes over your head oh it's brilliant it's brilliant fun Really good fun. The boys are going to love that. How many things have you broken? Well, this is, I film it, right? So I stream the video online and then I get that video footage. And while I'm playing, I have my camera on a tripod, a green screen behind me, phone on a tripod, and it films me. And then what I do is I get the green screen footage and I get the game footage and put it behind. So you can see all the movements, right? And the game is there. And I was playing a game called Super Hot. You seen that? Mate, it is the best 
game I've ever played. Why do all these games sound pornographic? It's flipping. It's incredible, right? So you're this dude. Someone phoned up and told me about it. You're this dude, right? And you're in this... You're hacking into something. The reason it's all like everything's white and the people are made of glass is because you at one point in the game you, you it crashes and you're at your computer and you've got to put a disc into the computer oh, right. and a helmet on. Right? Like so Trump. you're in this. You're basically you're, you're a spy trying to infiltrate this this building, right? And so you appear and you're holding these two sticks, right, which are your hands. Now, if you don't move, time is frozen, right? But if you move it, your head slightly. As while you're moving your head, time is moving. So, two dudes then start coming around the corner. One of them's got a gun. Oh shit! Right. Okay. So then you look down. With you don't move your head, you move your eyes, and you see there's a gun. There's a gun down there to the right. So you got get that gun, and he's firing at you now. So two bullets are out. Yeah, two bullets are out, and they're coming straight towards you. You can see them coming towards you. So you got then duck out the way. Get your gun, shoot him, his gun flies up in the air, you've got to grab that, and then you shoot those dudes, boom, then you're on to the next level. And it goes on like that, and like that, like that. Oh, it's so, it is so good. It is so good. It is, it, I mean, it, 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 it's insanely good. And because you've got the headphones on, like the sticks rumble, but the head pack doesn't rumble. Because you've got the headphones on, the sound of the bullet, you can hear it. And your brain plays tricks on you because you can see it and you can hear it in perfect, you know, surround sound. And so when the bullet hits you in the shoulder, you recoil because of the sound. You don't feel it, but you recoil because the sound in your ear is you've been hit in the shoulder. It's inc- it's incredible. Anyway, so I'm, I've been streaming that and filming myself and to film it. Because um, my green screen isn't very high, I've had to put the the phone on the tripod and then balance it on a chair and shoot down. But I kept knocking it over because I'm like getting really into it. I'm swinging. You can punch. I'm swinging these punches at these dudes and stuff. So the video is just uploaded on YouTube, my YouTube channel of me playing super hot. Um, and um, it's the one where there's a little me in the corner. And you'll see I knock the, I knock the, the thing over. It's the phone, you, you can see my flat. Because the phone just goes flying. Oh, it's, it, it is such a good game. Oh, it is such a good game. Bless you. Thanks. Girl sneezes. Um, and I'm, and I'm loving that. And I've got to say, uh, I, I, I kind of joked about this before. It was a half joke and it was half serious, right? About me leaving the radio to become a professional gamer. Okay. It's half joke, half serious. I, this weekend, right, this weekend, right, I had a really, really interesting chat with a a, a potential sponsor. Um, and it was, I mean, it, it, I can't say anything, right? What's that book? I've been reading that book. What's it called? The Artist's Way? Is it The Artist's Way? That sounds familiar. You, it's, so what it, have you been going on about? It's, it's a really good book, right? It's called The Artist's Way, the, the Artist's Handbook or something. And it basically... The Artist's Way. The Artist's Way. It's a great read, right? Dennis LeCorrier sent it to me. It's a great read. And it's about... And people who, who you know, t- we're talking about um, Dan and Billy and, and, and the skinny Jean gun and people that have been inspired by us to create stuff. This is great. It, it, it's really about... Uh, uh, um, uh, accessing your creativity 
and finding your voice and your art and being true to your voice, right? Being true to it. Now, it's not always possible because we've all got to turn the dollar, right? So, so there is compromise in life. And I'm really lucky at this moment in my life that, um, I, uh, I, I have to compromise a lot less than I have done and a lot less than a lot of other people do at the moment. That might change. Been reading it, and it's really been inspiring me to to, to follow. Uh, I mean, it sounds cheesy to follow that dream, right? And I've been thinking, what what is the dream job? This is pretty good. This is pretty I mean, good. I was going to say until about three months ago. Yeah, this was uh, yeah. this was the dream, wasn't it? Until the call has ruined it. Um, and who knows where we're going to go with this? But I was thinking, right, with the dream job. Um, uh, well, making a living out of playing video games. Okay, all right, hold that thought for a second. Hold that thought for a second. Does anyone make a living out of playing video games? Yeah, actually, some people do, mm. right? Some people make a shed load of money. Some people make enough to live on. Some people don't. Okay, fine. Well, that's the same as pretty much any industry. Didn't Paul Ross say he had a nephew who was yeah, yeah. a professional yeah. gamer? Um, said, so, right, okay. Am I, do I like video games? Yes. Am I good at video games? Yes. Um, uh, what else have I got that might help me? Well, I've got a, I've got a name. I've got a name. Partly because of the well, partly because of the jungle, partly because of whatever. I've got a name. So I've got a head start over other people. I'm a little bit older than a lot of the, the, you know, a lot of people get, they're getting into it, but. But, right. Marketing wise. Yeah. You represent. Yeah. And maybe untapped. Silver surfers. You've got money. Yeah. Not like the kids. You guys have got money. Exactly. 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 So, there is a very strong chance, got to speak to this sponsor this week, soon, very soon, um, uh, there is a strong chance that I will be taking a six-month, three- or six-month break. Sabbatical. Sabbatical hiatus from this show to, um, to pursue the professional gaming, right? So, but, 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 but. For this to work, I do need a little bit of help from the people listening at home. Um, my gaming videos on, on YouTube, they're, they're getting about a 1,000 hits, 1,500 hits. That's great. It would be really helpful to me, and it would just give me a little bit more ammo when I go and see this sponsor next week. This week. Where are we? Monday. This week. Um, it would give me a little bit more ammo if I could get those figures up. So if you go to YouTube.com slash rabbit hole when YouTube is working again... Um, click on subscribe and go and watch my videos. Go and watch me knocking over the phone in my flat on, on Super Hot. Go and watch me getting seasick playing Skyrim VR, which I didn't really enjoy. Go and watch these videos. Um, uh, I think they're, they're insightful. I think they're human. I think they're, they're funny. I think they're fun. Um, I will say they're quite sweary. So I'm going to do some child friendly, uh, ones. I'm wearing some cool t-shirts in them. I was wearing my kids in the hall t-shirt yesterday. I'm wearing my Nez dispenser shirt in the ones today go and watch them go and have fun share them with movers shakers people who work for games companies games magazines anything like that and um yeah fingers crossed this might actually be happening um i'm really enjoying myself tonight dear listener i hope you are as well this is a brand new chapter in our lives this is the late night alternative sans telephone uh avec um monsieur ian and mademoiselle uh catalina um i don't know what i was doing there french this is talk radio Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 
thanks for sticking up up for me on the thing. Just do my job, um, sir. Uh, Barbara says, hey, you two, I'm really enjoying the show Poor Auntie Linda. Oh, yes, because you're a stripper. Auntie Linda. Uh, she, honestly, she was normally the one leading us astray, so... Uh, um, uh, okay, here we can, we can do this. Shows... Can I tell you about when we stayed over Auntie Linda's, when she first got her own place? No, go on. She's my mum's youngest sister. Yeah. And so, um, she didn't have any children at that point. She yeah. was the fun auntie. Okay. The irresponsible auntie. Yeah. So we went over there and stayed with her overnight one night, and before we went to put our pyjamas on, she gave us 50p each and told, sent us over to the shop across mm. the road oh. and told us to get a Twix each. What? And when we got back to the house, she said, right... <laughs> Right, put them under your pillows, breakfast in bed. <laughs> Flipping heck, really? Yeah. How old and were you? Like seven. God. And um, <laughs> years later when she had her own children, she had twins. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> and they were sitting in their high chairs and we said to them, what did you have for your breakfast this morning? Was it a Twix? <laughs> the youngest one. The youngest twin. There is a youngest yeah. twin. Yeah, of course there said, is. No, skips. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> That's my Auntie Linda. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. So if anyone was going to mistakenly show a strippers, it would be her. TV shows that went from one channel to another. Because Alvida St. Pet started on ITV. Yeah. Um, and then went to the BBC. Did it? Yeah, about ten years later. They brought it back as like a big budget thing in Spain. Oh. Um, so Alvida St. Pet. Morecambe and Wise, Malcolm of course, Wise. went to ITV. Um, Kenny Everett went. Kenny Everett show went from ITV to BBC. I the Bake Off more recently. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, any others? Any others? Eight seven triple two. Do send us a text. Um, uh, Ian, if you're into virtual reality shooting games, you might like Doom VR. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I, yeah. Do I like Doom? But I don't know if I can be bothered to play it VR. Um, Flash forward two days, Ian playing Doom <laughs> VR. I spent so much. Well, I, um, but surely when you're professional, you'll get these things sent to you. Well, this is. I want to get. I want to get the gun. Wanna, there is a gun, is there? Let's see how much. Because the at the moment is. you've got like two big drumsticks. I've got two big drumsticks. Is, is it, hang on. Um, what's this called? Amazon. This is. I should be getting this stuff for free. VR PS4 gun. All right, there you go. Oh, outrageous. Like 60 quid. Whoa. But it looks wicked. But does it do anything or is it just a plastic gun? Well, what do you mean, does it do anything? Uh, what? do you mean, does it do anything? You know, like the guitar in Guitar Hero. Well, you can't... It's just you, a plastic... You can't, you can't go out busking with it, no. <laughs> oh, that I bet does, you could. That does look wicked. Oh, come on, Ian. It's a gun, man. Come on, 60 quid. 60 quid. Guys, no, if, don't. No, I'm not. No, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, I won't, I won't. But if anybody wants to send me a freebie, I would be well up for that. Are you allowed to do that on the radio now? I don't think you are these days. Oh, man alive. Um, okay, so. Um, here we go. Jenny says, uh, please don't give out personal information like you're going to the loo in the well. You're feeding the fire. That's true, actually. That's true. I told you. You did. I was angry. The less knowledge they have, the better. I hope it goes okay tomorrow morning. Please ignore the sun. It's full of lives. Um, thank you. Birds of a Feather went from BBC to ITV. Yes, you're right. Uh, Richard and Judy went from... Um, well, they they went from ITV... Well... Did they, they go to Channel 4? They went from cha- Channel 4. They didn't... Right. They went from Channel 4 to watch, didn't they? Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah, they did. What was um, Richard's Eye of the Storm on? 
That was three, wasn't it? Yeah, but that's that's him working on different... I'm talking about the actual show being lifted. Oh, right. And moving. He did... Uh, remember Richard Madeley's um, quiz show, Runway? No, I don't. It was Runway. And I don't really remember it. But I remember there was like... Um, there was like a sort of giant electronic board in the middle of the, the, the studio. With I guess that was the runway. And it sort of narrowed. And you had to light up. Uh. Light up. Light up, because you had to light them up as you went on. There was also another. What was the game show? Busman's Holiday. Mm. Who presented it? Not Kieran Prenderville, but I just wanted to say Kieran Prenderville. I don't even know who that is. He used to present Tomorrow's World. One of the presenters on Tomorrow's World was Kieran Prenderville. So who used to? I uh, men behaving badly started on ITV before moving to the BBC. Thank you, Nigel. Um, yeah. Who presented? Julian Pettifer. It was Julian Pettifer. Um, Who's Julian Pettifer? I don't know. I've got to Google Julian Pettifer. Do I know Julian Pettifer? Julian Pettifer. Who's the other one? Prenderville. Yeah, well, don't, don't, I'm not worried about Kieran yeah, Prenderville. Yeah, but I'm wondering who he is. Right, Julian Pettifer. Right, OK, he's 82 now. He hosted Busman's Holiday. Kieran Prenderville was uh, slightly curly hair, side-parting, and was on Tomorrow's World. Right. OK. So I think we're I think we're getting somewhere. Hey, do you know what I found um, yesterday? Remember when we did? Um, remember, God, that was two years ago. Mm. An evening with Eddie Large. Yes. It was two years was ago. Was it really? It wasn't. No. La- it wasn't last year. It was. No, no, no. It, was t- it must have been twenty sixteen. No. Wasn't last year. I think it was. Wasn't it summer? This is your life. Went to ITV from ITV to BBC. Thank you, Paul. Yes. No. Come on, it must be. No. Wasn't last year. Wasn't. Wasn't. Couldn't have been. Um. Yeah. Sunday, twenty fifth of June, twenty seventeen. Yeah. So two years ago. Oh. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a year ago. Then Sunday, twenty seventh September, June. No, June. Twenty seventeen. Twenty eighteen now. It's 2018 now. You made me question that. That's because okay. I'm sleep deprived. Okay. So, why was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Because ju- after that, it was such a lovely night. Such a lovely, lovely night. And every now and then I'll just send Eddie a little email and see how impacts you're getting on because they're such a lovely couple. And, um, but that night we met lots of nice people. We met a couple of weirdos as well. And, um, we, a guy came up to me and he said he'd worked at the BBC like vid- video library and he'd burnt off about four or five or six dvds of um julian pettifer's just emailed it was effing me he says <laughs> julian i'm so sorry it sounds just like 82 him. years old as well sorry julian uh, <laughs> um <laughs> and, and he'd burnt off a handful of discs of episodes of the, of Tomorrow's yeah, World. because you were trying to get older. Yeah, from the 60s through to the n- early 90s. And I haven't watched them. Because I've got... So I haven't watched... I found them. It's this week's viewing. Oh. This week's viewing, I'm going to watch. Because I keep saying, they should bring out a box set of um, Tomorrow's World. I'll, I'll, I'll go and put it together. You know, I'll... Um, uh, what's the word? Not collegiate. Collate. Thank you. I'll collegiate... The um, Tomorrow's World. And I, I'd go and do it. I'd be brilliant. I'd buy that. I'd probably you, be the only yeah, one that would, would buy it. That's the, that's the actual problem. 
uh, with it. Anyway, the point I was trying to make is, uh, so it's Easter holiday. There's no kids films on. There's no, there's no kids films on. You mean on telly? On, uh, the pictures. There's not much crap on the telly. Uh, the pictures, right, because uh, I'm taking the kids to see a play on Saturday, and I thought, I'll take them out on Sunday. See, I, I like... I like I like taking them out to see live stuff, but if that isn't possible, I, I, there's a nice everyman cinema near where my mum lives, and it's what the everyman is the ones where you go in and you get sofas and you can order pizzas and food and booze if you want, and they'll bring it to you during the film. And it's great, and the kids like it's a little bit more expensive, but the kids love it, and it's and I love it, and it's nice. So I thought I check Sunday, well, they're showing one thing, and it's a ballet, right? Oh, you can take kids to the ballet, I know, but so I thought. Oh, and, and, and for most of the next week, this week, they've got nothing on for kids, right? All right, fine. It's only a two-screen cinema. Let's try the one we go to in Henley, which is a picture house, which has got four screens. Is this Saturday and Sunday? Nothing for kids. What? What? All right, we'll try the grubby cinema in Slough, which is a real, you know, last-ditch thing. This Sunday, nothing. How come? No, nothing. Nothing. Bloody hell is going on? What the hell is going on with these people? This is outrageous. Guys, I want to give you tens of pounds to sit in your cinemas watching um, cruddy films. Thank God they've already seen the Peter Rabbit movie because I, I, I don't think I could sit through that. Oh, there's a story about Beatrix Potter in one of the papers. We'll, we'll, remind me to do that when we come back after the news. Um, I don't get Beatrix Potter. I, I, I think it's dull. I think it's boring. I certainly don't get any of the Peter Rabbits, none of the reboots, not this new one, not the awful cartoon that they had on CBBS for a long time. Peter Rabbit. None of that, right? And I, I, I certainly don't get the original stuff. Oh, Mrs. Tiggy Winkle. Um, <laughs> stupid. Duck. I liked those books. And I thought the drawings oh, were beautiful. No, nah, they're boring. They're the kind of books that people think... My my eldest did tell me that he just finished book 12 of The Famous Five. I said, brilliant work. How many more have you got? He said, well, I think there are 25 in total. Yeah, she was knocking them out like, <laughs> no, tomorrow. They're, they're good, those books. A lot those. of them are very similar. Oh, yeah, very yeah, yeah. But, but But he's, he's enjoying... Very methodical, my eldest. And he's enjoying working through them and he'll enjoy it when it's done my favorite yeah mr pink whistle well we'll find out about mr pink whistle in a bit um he's reading the versions with dick and indeed with fanny as well um this is the late night alternative it's a bold new direction that we're heading in where we, we don't need phone calls we don't take phone calls it's just it's just good old-fashioned wholesome chat the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I want to dedicate this one to, um, to a lady who doesn't get enough attention for what she does to this show, Catherine Boyle. This is for you, Catherine. <clears throat> Shouldn't have. All right, no, I missed it. Shut up. Miss it. Miss it. Miss it. My favourite Elvis Presley song. Hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Well, I just can't help believing When she smiles up soft and gentle With a trace of misty morning And the promise of tomorrow in her eyes I just can't help believing 
when she's lying close beside me that and realise this is completely inappropriate. That doesn't happen. This is not dedicated to you at all. This is. I hadn't realised the lyrics were of such a sexual nature, so I take that dedication back and I dedicate it to you um, uh, uh, home. The rhythm of her sound. This time the girl is gonna stay. This time the girl is gonna stay for more than just a day. Oh, I just can't help believing when she slips her hand in my hand and it feels so small and helpless. And my fingers fold around it like a glove I just can't help believing When she's whispering her magic And her tears are shining honey sweet with love This time the girl is gonna stay This time the girl is gonna stay For more than just a day Take it fellas! If I didn't have this neck brace on I'd be doing some wicked karate now Thank god you've got it on One more time. One more time. Yeah, one more. That's what you think. For more than just a day. Oh my god. So you think you're out, they pull you back in. Wow. Oh, I just can't help believing when she slips her hand in my hand and it feels so small and helpless and my fingers fold around it like a glove. So our gloves work. For the song it does. I just can't help believing. When she smiles and whispers magic And her tears are shining on their sweet with love Yeah This time the girl is gonna stay This time the girl is gonna stay For more than the Sing the song. That's right, one more time. Sing the song.
It wasn't bad, was it? Well, it was highly inappropriate. It, well, no, I, I, I didn't realise that it was sexual in its nature, but I so mean, that it's... was um, that was that was inappropriate. But sorry, what's that? No, please, no, come on. You want some more? Oh, come on, no. Okay. Um, I think I can dedicate this one to you. Honestly, don't... I don't mind you not doing a song for me. Oh, I wish I was in the land of cotton. All times they are not forgotten. Look away, look away, look away, Dixieland. Oh, I wish I was in Dixie Away, away In Dixieland I'll take my stand To live and die in Dixie For Dixieland where I was born Early Lord One frosty morn Look away Look away Look away Dixieland Here we go Hear him turning in his grave Glory, glory to poor us. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a serious face that does it. So hush, little baby, don't you cry. (laughs) You know your dad is bound to die on the toilet, but all my. Trials will soon be over. God, are we nearly done yet? Got quite a long way to go, actually. I wish I hadn't started this song now. So do I. I'm in it now. the kettle drums on Glory Glory 
Jesus. You've gone quite purple. I think I've just shit my pants. <laughs> Quick, let's go to, go to the ads. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, someone's just tweeted me a really interesting story, which I've not had the chance to read in its entirety, about the, um, the, the bomb, the Manchester bomb. Isn't it funny how we give them these names, you know, these terrorist attacks, the Manchester bomb. You know, the thing at the Ariana um, Grande concert. Um, when, now, when was that? I can't see the date of when that happened. Anyway. And there's 22nd been, of May. Okay. And uh, thank you. Gosh. And there's there's been a huge investigation into it that's in, that's looked at um the emergency services response time and you know the the thing about um the fire service couldn't get there for 2 hours because of the protocol. The you know the 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 the, 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 the people in charge were saying we can't let you go there because we don't think it's safe and we don't quite know what it is. And the people below, you know, the lower down the rank saying we really, really want to go there. We're two miles away from it. And, pe- and you know, it's, it's, it's very, very likely, I think the, re- the report may even say so, that people died because of that two-hour delay in getting there. Right. So, so there, it looked into that. It looked into the police. It looked into Vodafone, which uh, I believe they're supposed to provide, um, when, all emergen- when all services are down, Vodafone is supposed to provide a free emergency service for the, for the police, I think. That was down. Also looked at the journalists and how the story was covered. And there were some really sickening reports of um, um, journalists rocking up at, at, at family members' doors, pretending to be coppers. Some were saying they were journos, some were saying they were coppers, saying, um, have you heard your son has died? Um, and we just wondered what you, you, you know, and uh, you, basically telling them that family members were injured or dead before they had been told. And even if they had been told, what kind of scumbag knocks on someone's, on some mum's door to find out how they're feeling after knowing their 15 year old daughter isn't coming? What, you know, scumbags, right? So, um, someone sent me this, this, this article that's in The Guardian. I've literally skimmed it, but we get a mention. Uh, the, we get a mention in it. And it's not a massive mention. It's not in any way saying that we have done anything heroic or anything, you know, uh, uh, above and beyond. But it's, it's really nice to see that it's this show that gets mentioned. Me and Kath, basically. And it, and it was Kath that, that went into news. You, you, your news head kind of came. You have more experience at dealing with those kind of things than I do. Yeah. But but our thing always is. Unfortunately, yes, I do. Well, yeah, you do. But our thing always is. We'll just have the facts, yeah. please. I don't want anyone guessing. Don't want anyone. Um, you know, I don't want any experts on telling us what might have happened. We don't want any of that. We just want facts, please, yeah. because uh, otherwise, it's the rest of it. We don't do speculation, really. No. Um, and it kind of picked this. This this article picks up. If you'll indulge me, dear listener, I'm just going to read you the first two um, paragraphs. Uh, Press standards, the vital bond of trust that journalists have to win back by Jane Martinson. Martinson. Amid the shock and grief of the Manchester Arena attack, one local paper got it right, and this is why. Sarah Lester was at home with her young family when the night news... Excuse me, editor called to say that a loud noise had been heard at the Manchester Arena. Some were saying it was a blast. Some were saying uh, it was part of that night's Ariana Grande show. There was a lot of chatter on Twitter, said Lester, senior editor of the Manchester Evening News, who worked for most of the next 72 hours. A few hours after the bomb went off at the end of the concert and long before the emergency response service was up and running, social media users were being urged to look to Lester and her team for the truth. Then there's a quote from me. 
I recommend you follow um, MEN Newsdesk to get facts, facts in capital letters, from the people who are there, tweeted talk radio host Ian Lee. Others in New York and South Africa said the same. Um, and so the, the story is basically, it's not pointing out people that are necessarily particularly bad, but it's, it's, it's um, saying that the, 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 the people behind the Manchester Evening News and uh, Sarah Lester did a brilliant job and they were there. And, and they were, they were tweeting facts and useful information. But it's like with the hope and glory thing, right? Yeah. We cannot do the job that those local newspapers do. Of course right? we can't. And they get, right, local newspapers get slated a lot, you know, for putting in pictures of people pointing at dog poos or holes in the road and stuff. But on things like this, having a journalist on the ground who can be there and who knows the area and who knows the people yeah. is absolutely essential. And so when these things happen, I always look to the local papers. Like, as I said, we worked quite closely with the Liverpool Echo, didn't we, with the Hope yeah, and Glory Yeah, thing. we did. Because we can do something they can't and they can do lots of things that we uh, that we can't. And t- But together, we're a pretty powerful combination. And the other thing that happens as well, and it's infuriating, and having worked in local news for a long time um, in the past, I know what happens. You report on something and it just gets nicked and then it's not yours anymore. And also, um, you know, things that are factually inaccurate get tagged onto it and you feel like your um, hard work has been, yeah. like, you know, used as a, 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 tra- a, a springboard for something that you can't condone anymore. So that's why we always give them credit if we're going to use their stuff. Also, because the local papers are under the cosh at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they need our support. So um, hats off to the it, MEN. They, they do a belting job. Here's another paragraph from this story from The Guardian about the report that was commissioned into, um, you know, what happened after the, uh, the, the, the bomb attack. The report's author expressed shock and dismay about the media's behaviour. But who wouldn't be? This, this is what some journos, journos did, right? One woman had her mobile phone called as she lay in hospital, herself injured beside her seriously injured daughter. Some described being put under pressure to participate in TV programmes and of having to hide beneath coats to avoid being snapped coming out of hospital. It gets worse. Pictures were taken of grieving families through windows. What? while, While one reporter... It gets worse than that! It gets worse than what I've just said. Imagine. Pictures are taking of grieving families through windows. It gets worse. While one reporter tried to gain access to a house by sticking a foot in the door, it gets worse. Even worse... Oh, Jesus. Uh, and I haven't seen the last thing. There's two things coming up, and I haven't seen the last thing. In the la- I've just seen the last thing. It's, um, it's hit me. Imagine doing this. Even worse was the treatment of children. One child was stopped by journalists on the way to school. Oh, no. This is... And this... This... this. I don't know. I'm welling up at this next one. While another girl was given condolences on the doorstep before official notification of the death of her mother. Oh... Let that sink in. One girl, I've got goosebumps, was given condolences on the doorstep by a journo, by someone trying to make a few quid, before official notification of the death of her mother. How did we get here? Two things. Obviously, that was 
that was out of order. But that person will be being lent on very, very heavily by someone who is not going out and doing the dirty work. That's the person you need to be uh, targeting with this. Not necessarily the foot soldier. Do you know what I mean? If you're yeah. the one being lent on. There are 10,000 behind you, you'll be told, that'll do it if you won't do it. Well, no, I don't quite buy that. I, I get what you mean about the person at the top, but no, no, no. I'm I, not saying it's an excuse for doing it, but what I'm saying is that there is heavy pressure put on these yeah, people, know, and they're often the youngest ones, because they're the ones that end up doing the donkey work. Oh, I know there's heavy pressure, of course there is, but no, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no... How can you, how can you, how can you knock on a door and a kid answers? No, I know. Sorry to about your mum dying. Wondered how you felt about it. She's what? Sorry, what? How? how? But that says to me that's someone who's inexperienced. Or really no, no, callous. No, 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 no. Or no. really callous. No. It, it, oh, come it, on, we've worked with idiots. We've worked with idiots. Who would have done stuff like that. And, uh, by accident. I don't know. I don't think you can do that by accident. I don't think you can tell a child their mum is dead without, by accident. You can't do that. That's but not they weren't, they weren't telling them. They were saying, I'm really sorry about your mum. And you know, we know people who would do that by accident. I don't know if I do. Oh, come on. I'm I not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right at all. It's absolutely wrong. But, you know, there are people no. calling themselves journalists and these reporters arseholes. these days who ain't. These arseholes. And the thing is, I don't, people don't want these stories. People don't want this, you know... Um, uh, people don't want this. People are better than this. People are much better than this. We don't want, you know, uh, journalists knock stopping kids on their way to school. Bloody hell! No, that's um, no, 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 no. That is um, no, that's not good. Um, eight seven triple two. Start your text with the word talk. Twenty five pence plus your standard network charge um you can email us by going to talkradio.co.uk ah there was um a story about beatrix potter where are the newspapers Get, where are, the are newspapers? these yours because these are not mine. i don't know in. well no, no. Did you... i didn't bring them in oh, that's kind of your job to bring the papers in you have one job i've got more than one job that's a problem she's got she's got one job and, that, and, and she balls that up what can i tell you guys <laughs> What can I tell you? Um, now would be an excellent time, by the way, to remind you that there is a daily podcast of this show, for the moment at least. Maybe this, if the suits get their way, there might not be a daily podcast. More on that anon. Um, but there is a daily podcast. It goes up about 7, 8 o'clock every evening, so tonight's show will go up tomorrow night, etc., etc., etc. And um, you can get it by going to iTunes, um, typing in Ian Lee Talk Radio. And it will pop up there. Or you can go to your usual podcast providers. Um, if you can, like it, subscribe to it, share it. And it all kind of helps, you know, it helps uh, keep us doing what it is we are doing here. Which is, you know, uh, a brand new show with no, no callers. Callers have been knocked on the head. And it will just be us chitty-chatting as we go along. Thank you very much. Catherine. That's right. So the mirror had a story and lots of people are getting angry with me on twitter saying oh my kids loved peter rabbit oh i'm sure they will uh, it's a kid's film and and who am i to tell kids what they should and shouldn't like you know if, if kids are loving this peter rabbit film brilliant but i 
Uh, I, I've never liked Peter Rabbit. I've, all, I've just always found it as dull. Uh, uh, the whole Beatrix Potter world, I found dull. Right, could I get Mirror that's got the story oh, in? Oh, man. The thing is that your papers aren't there, so I don't know what's happened to them. Oh, someone's had them. Someone's had them. Can you look in that pile over there? I can't stretch, sorry. Um, let's, let's play the trailer a little bit early, shall we? The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Ray, you're so close to getting blocked and muted. You're sending me stuff saying about Elvis treating women like shit. So what? What's I got to do with me? I, I judge the art, not the artist. It's always been my big thing, man. So, um, just stop... You know, he's making jokes. He's making jokes about Elvis being fat. I mean, come on, man. You're better than that. Or maybe you're not. I don't know. But um, you're, you're yay close to getting blocked. People, huh? Mm-hmm. People. Oh, by the way, um, I've been engaging with idiots on Twitter recently. And um, loads of people said, I hope you don't, don't engage with them. I had one guy tonight. God, he was so... He was telling me... He was He was telling me how Twitter affected me and how it upset me. And here's the thing. <clears throat> Since coming back from Australia, um, here's, uh, since coming back from Australia, I can't think of one negative tweet on Twitter that's affected me. I might be wrong, but I can't think of one. I Honestly, when I was in Australia, not just the jungle, in Australia, it, it I really reconsidered my relationship with social media. I was going to get rid of it at one point. Then I came out and found out I doubled my followers. And I thought, I might as well keep it. But the tweets, the mean, negative, nasty tweets, don't affect me, don't upset me, don't, don't have any impact on me anymore whatsoever. And when you see me engaging with someone who's been an idiot or said something I don't like or, or, or whatever, I'm doing it for sport. It's sport. And I'm loving it. And I'm usually at home laughing at it. It's empowerment, right? Uh, and I had one guy telling me, no, 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 it really upsets you and it's damaging your health and you need to stop doing it. And I said, no, 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 mate, honestly, since I got, since December, it's had no effect on me. I'm finding it funny. It's sport. Well, technically it's not sport, Ian, because, um, for sport, sports, there has to be a victor. And I oh, went, dudes, you, you're, you're being, being mansplained. Yeah, too. dude. No, and then I, I, I must admit, I then called him an idiot, which was was too much. I crossed the line. Um, but he was being very rude and very patronising. You misunderstood my first tweet. Well, the first tweet was patronising and was telling me how I should feel, and it was wrong. Um, so, no, anyway, he's blocked me. I've blocked him. Everyone's blocked each other. It's wonderful. So when you see me um, uh, arguing with people on Twitter, honestly, I'm not then at home... You know, uh, uh, I don't say this lightly, I'm not home cutting myself or looking at a, a bottle of aspirin or any of that. Generally, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because it's funny and I'm enjoying, um, I'm enjoying winding them up. So, uh, thank you for all of the, you know, leave it, Ian, they're not worth it, all of that stuff. Um, but, um, I'm, honestly, I'm fine. I'm fine when it comes to Twitter. Oh, look, Paul Ross is on at one o'clock, and he's doing a story I saw in the paper, um, which I'm, I'm fascinated by. They're sending robot bees to Mars. 
<laughs> I know, I know, I've just seen him tweet. He's, he's on at one o'clock. I listened to a lot of Paul last night because I couldn't sleep and I really enjoyed it actually, really enjoyed it. Um, and, um, countdown to the late, late, early, early show, 1am, we're off to Mars to learn about interplanetary robot bees. How nuts is that? They're gonna send robot bees to Mars. I don't know, I don't know why. Could they send, a, like, a, um, animals to live on Mars? No, I don't think the atmosphere is conducive to human okay, life. Okay, you build... Is it? is it? No. It's the closest thing, though, isn't it, that no, there is? I no. thought Mars was. I thought that was the whole fuss about Mars. Uh, well, you know my theory that we used to, we come from Mars. Yeah. But no, you couldn't live on Mars. Well, you could live on Mars, but you'd need, you'd need oxygen. There's no yeah. oxygen there and stuff. But if they... You know you get those tents now where it's just like a ring and then you throw it and a tent pops up. Yeah, and they're right? impossible to put back in the bag. It, well, no, you've got to sort of cross your arms like that. If you um, if you had something like that, but then it had oxygen in it, right, so you, 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 you land, you got it to Mars and you just tossed it out of a spaceship, like robot, tossed it out of a spaceship, and then it just like set up like a, a an oxygen laboratory. And then you could put like dogs in, in it. And watch, and and watch, watch them. them die. Well, why would they die? They die. They we're need all dying. To look after them, don't they? No. Well, hang on. What dogs need people to look after them? Yeah. Dogs are wild animals. Yeah, but they. If you put them on a barren planet, who feeds the wolves? The other animals, right? So you're putting a dog in a tent, right? To die. Yeah, it's a big tent. Yeah, but it's still a, a lone right, dog. You, right, it no, no, it's not a lone tent? dog. It's not a lone dog. You'll have three dogs. Uh, you'll eat the other dogs then and then No, 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 no. You'll put chickens in there. Okay. So, plenty to eat. So... Well, on the on day one, yes. Then it'll turn on the other dogs. Well, no, this is it. This is it. You train the dogs. Here's the, you're, not, you're not even thinking about this properly, I right? I and I be. am thinking about this properly. You can train dogs, yeah? You can train dogs, yeah? Yeah? But not to... Yeah, no, no, no. Can you train dogs? Yes or no? Can you train? It's, it's a very simple question. To do tricks? No, 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 not to do tricks. Oh, oh, sorry. Taking a blind man to the library is, is a trick, it's is a pretty it? Pretty neat trick. It's a trick, is mm. it? Taking taking a blind man to the post office so he can get his benefits out so that he can buy um, braille. <clears throat> right, we're putting a, a blind trick, man in it? the tent as well now. It's a trick, is it? Is the blind man going in the tent? You, you stop being, Why are you bringing blind men like into this? You're these on Twitter. Mm? So a dog, a hearing dog, that can tell its owner there's someone at the door when the doorbell goes, that's a trick. You're sending deaf people up there now. So you're saying that, that people with disabilities, they're, they're tricks. Being deaf is a trick. Being blind is a trick. Oh, dear. Oh dear, I'm sorry guys, we seem to have a troll in the room with us. Wow, this is live Twitter. Exactly. Um, and now you're blocked. I already muted you. So, I didn't see that, because uh, I didn't go back to look at your Twitter feed to see Of course see you it. did, I know oh, you. I didn't? Yes, I know you, you did. So, uh, so... Uh, You've taken this to heart, haven't so, you? So, no I haven't. No, so you train the dogs. No. You train the... Right. Chicken, right. What is the, what is the more superior being? A chicken or a blind man? Blind man. Right. Next. Okay? Right. Right. Dogs can look after blind men, yeah? Mm. You train it to look after the chicken. Not any dog, though. No, you get a flipping guide dog. Right, okay. You train it to look after the chicken. Uh, in making a chicken dog? Yes. Why is it looking after the chicken? I thought the chicken was to feed it. Yeah. Oh, 
So, sorry, you're stranded on a desert, on a different planet with a chicken. Yeah. You kill it and cook it first day. If I was a dog, you're, you're, I wouldn't you're, cook you'll be it. hungry I would on day two. It. I know. I, I would have, I would have plenty of food to eat. Um, because what comes out of a chicken's ass? Eggs. So I would have eggs. Out of the vulva. Um. That's not. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think vulvas have eggs, do they? Are they the creatures that live underground? No, the chicken will, it will, egg will come out of its anus. Oh, and God. the dog would be trained to eat anus egg, arse egg. The dog would eat the chicken's arse egg. And then when the chicken stopped laying, you'd have a cock up there so you could fertilize. Um, it's because all, all an egg is, guys, is a, is a hen's period. And who wants to eat that? So you'd have a cock up there and that would impregnate it and it would have baby chicks. Yeah, and so you've got the dog. dog has, get too basically, cocks. the dog has got enough food. There'd be cockfighting in the tent. There's it's only one mayhem. There's only one cock. All right. Well, wh- when it has chicks, oh, mate. Yeah, you're going to weed out the males. Otherwise, it's going to be cock heavy up there, and there's going to be fights. Um, no. Here's here's the thing, right? Here's here's what you're here's here's where you're starting to get me really angry. You can um, inject creatures so they only have one sex babies you didn't mention any injections oh jesus have you never been to china no that's what they're doing over there are they they inject it so they only have boys right no they abandoned girls don't they yeah exactly so they've invented a thing it's not in the mainstream media they've kept very quiet about it um so what i'm trying to say is in a very roundabout way because you're really starting to get right on my tits is um the the dog would totally be fine up there. The dog would live for years, right? All I want to know is, would it be worth doing? That's all, that's all I want to know, right? That's a hard no from me. Okay, fine. Um, I'm just trying to find, trying to find a song now. Um, how long is that? I don't want one that's too long. That's five minutes. Um, uh, hang on a minute. We've had a song request. Have we? Yeah. We're taking those now. Well, yeah, because cause it's from Luke Haynes, right? And he was supposed to be um, the house band for this show. And then yeah, he's he, doing it remotely. He, he bottled it. Right. But So I, I still want to... I, I want to eat his arse egg. Whoa. So this is for... Um, this, this, is, uh, this is for all you guys out there tonight. Maybe you're feeling a bit lonely. Maybe you're uh, a woman. The uh, guy has uh, let you down, left you. Uh, maybe uh, you're, you're itching. Maybe you got the itch because uh, some yogurt on that. You're hungry. You're hungry for some gear, and uh, there's a bit of a drought at the moment. So this song is for all of you guys out there. Uh, 
An effervescing elephant with tiny eyes and great big trunk once whispered to the tiny ear, the ear of one inferior, that by next June he'd die. Oh yeah, because the tiger would roam. The little one said, Oh my goodness, I must stay at home. And every time I hear a growl, I'll know the tiger's on the prowl, and I'll be really safe, you know. The elephant, he told me so. Everyone was nervy. Oh yeah, and a message was spread to zebra mongoose and the dirty. Hippopotamus who wallowed in the mud and chewed his spicy hippoplankton food and tended to ignore the word, referring to survey a herd of stupid water bison. Oh yeah, and all the jungle took fright and ran around for all the day and the night, but all in vain because you see the tiger came and said, "Who me? You know I wouldn't hurt not one of you. I much prefer something to chew, and you're all too scant." Oh yeah, he ain't the elephant. Um, so there you go, Sid Barrett, and um, uh, I've got some sad news, uh, guys. Um, another '60s uh, um, group is splitting up. You thought you thought the girls were upset when the Beatles split up. Well, I hate to break it to you, the Searchers are splitting up. Oh no! Legendary Mersey beat band, the Searchers, is calling it a day after nearly 60 years. No, three of those four members don't look old enough to have been in a band for 60 years. The group, famous for hits Sweets for My Sweet and Needles and Pinza, burst onto the scene in the 1960s. They're good songs, they are. Sweets for my sweet, sugar for my honey, needles and pinza. Mm-hmm. They enjoy huge success on both sides of the Atlantic. And seriously, uh, anyone that had a guitar... And three mates in the early 1960s could have a top 20 record in the States. Um, And have continued performing as one of the world's longest running bands. The group, which has a loyal fan base, will retire next March after a farewell tour beginning in January. The Searchers emerged from the Mersey Beat scene with the Beatles and many other rock groups. Thanks for that, Helen Perkins. What? That's not her name. Helene Perkins. Their cover of the Drifters' 1961 Sweets for My Sweet spent two weeks as a UK number one in 1963. A year later, their version of Jackie DeShannon's and Needles and Pinza spent three weeks at number one, and a cover of the Orlons' Don't Throw Your Love Away stayed on the top spot for two weeks. Um, founder and singer John McNally... Oh, it's two originals. Founder and singer... John McNally, now 76, is still with the lineup, along with bass guitarist Frank Allen. He's, I say he's an original, he's a new boy, who joined the band in 1964. Drummer Chris Curtis and guitarist Mike Pender were replaced by Scott Ottaway and Spencer James. The news ends online speculation. I mean... <laughs> That's why YouTube was down earlier on. It was crashed with all of the Searchers fans. Wendy Burton, who runs the band's website, said, Sad as we all really are, we appreciate that after 56 years of continuous touring, albeit with a few personnel changes, they so deserve time to enjoy their personal lives at a slow pace. Do you remember when we were in, um, we did BBC Local Radio, and we moved from Luton to Dunstable, and we went to the really nice Greasy Spoon Cafe, and there was an old couple um, sat on the other, next table, and we got chatting to them, and he was the original drummer for the Hollies. Yes. Wasn't that incredible? The original <laughs> drummer... For the holiday, uh, Hollies. And he, he had MS. Is that why? He, well, he, I don't know if he told us, but a bit of online research revealed that he got booted out very early on yeah. because he wasn't very good at keeping time 
Which, for a drummer, yeah, it's kind of important. It's kind of unimportant. So they had him driving the van, didn't they, instead? Yeah, yeah. So they obviously liked him, wanted to keep him around. Yeah, whereas with Pete Best, of course, they just got rid of him. Fired him off. Uh, and do you know how they got rid of him? Um, they got um, uh, Brian Epstein, Epstein, Brian Epstein, to, to call him in. Uh, the, after a show, they'd finished the gig, right, one night, got, got back in the van, and they're all going off, and Brian says, uh, Peter, Peter, could you... Uh, could you meet me in my office tomorrow at 10 o'clock? Sure thing, boss. So he rocks up at 10 o'clock and goes, Peter, the, the boys and I think it's just not working out with you. Oh. We'd like, we're going to ask you to leave. Um, just as they had um, just got, you know, signed up to buy a parlour phone. Uh, but... Showbiz. That, that's showbiz. You know, that's showbiz. And would the Beatles have been the Beatles with Pete Best? Pete Best, of course, released a great album. I never heard it, but it's called... It's a brilliant title for a record. Best of the Beatles. I mean, it's a, it really is a great name for it, a record. In answer to your question... Hello? I suspect they might have got away with it for a few years because they didn't really play on their records for Sorry? the first few, did they? Sorry? Did they really play wow. on all their records? Wow. Hashtag fake news. Yes, they did. Oh. Um, they wouldn't have had Ringo to. Ringo didn't play on, I think... Um, I don't know, Love Me Do or Please Please Me, he, he, th- there were two takes of it, he doesn't play on one, he plays on the, he plays on the other, they had a, a session drummer in, I think his, his name was, guys, I think his name was Alan White, mm. who um, uh, George Martin brought in, because George Martin hadn't been that impressed with Pete Best, and he thought they were bringing Pete Best back, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think it was a guy called Alan White, um, of course the other... Uh, Beatles drummer who replaced Ringo when, when the Beatles went to the Netherlands and Australia, um, but Ringo had to stay behind to have his tonsils taken out. Was uh, a guy called Jimmy Nickel. Man, there's 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 a character. There's a character in music still alive. Jimmy Nickel never never does any interviews, um, but was Georgie Fame's drummer, um, you know, and got a call saying, "Do you want to be a Beatle from tomorrow?" And he's like. Yeah, okay. And imagine that. I think he only played them for about two or three weeks, right? And there's video footage of it. It's the weirdest thing. The Beatles, and it's not Ringo. And, it, you know, screamed at by thousands and thousands of fans. And it changed his life. It totally did his head in. Two weeks of that, Ringo came back, he flew back, and it changed his life. And he thought he was a big star as a result of that. And, and kind of went, nuts never really got back on track and tried to make a name for himself released his own records never really took absolutely fascinating man he's still around but he's he's he's, um an enigma um this is the late night alternative only a few more minutes then paul ross comes in this is talk radio the late night alternative with ian lee unfiltered night talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on talk radio we have ways of making you talk Paul, Paul, you're trying to connect your iPhone to Catherine's um, computer. You don't want to open this Pandora's box. Via Wi-Fi, via Wi-Fi. So, you know, just be careful. Everyone needs to be careful. No one wants to look at another person's computer or phone data. No, no one, no one comes out of that well. No, where's where's the um? Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Fascinated, absolutely fascinated. Ten years on, a crime that shocked the world inside Fritzel's dungeon. Mira visits the cellar where daughter was kept prisoner and repeatedly raped for 24 years. I didn't mean to say that last bit in such a sensationalist voice, but I did, and I apologise. 
Um, standing in the cellar of Joseph Fritzl's House of Horrors, memories of the monster who shot the world still send a shiver down the spine. It was here, beneath 40 Jubstrasse, that Fritzl dragged his terrified daughter, Elizabeth, then 18, into the dungeon lair that would be her prison for 24 years. It's, 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 It's grim reading, guys. He used her as his sex slave, beating and drugging her into submission so she did not try to escape. She gave birth to seven of his children during 8,642 days in captivity. Kirsten, Stefan and Felix were 19, 18 and 5 when they were freed in April 2008. 19 and 18. I don't know why that... Well, I do know why that feels more shocking than the five-year-old because they'd spent 19 and 18 years living in a cellar. Their fellow incest siblings... I hate to say it's a great name for a band. Lisa, Monica and Alexander, then 16, 14 and 12, had been granted freedom by Fritzl to live upstairs with his wife, Rosemary. Rosemary! Alexander's twin brother, Michael, died at two days old. At Fritzl's trial, he admitted murdering Michael by neglect. He covered his... Honestly, I've just read a book about Fritzl. I, I find it... Fascinating. We as human beings have this morbid and dark fascination. Um, or oh, someone's just tweeted me a brilliant picture. Thank you, uh, D- Dave Dogface Boy, of uh, Jimmy Nickel waiting for his flight back from Australia after leaving. I've just retweeted it. Have a look at that. That is that is a picture. That is a man who's who's just had who's just stood inside a hurricane for three weeks. And thinks, you know, then spent the spent the rest of his life trying to recreate that hurricane. You know, it, that's an incredible picture. Incredible. Um, he covered his tracks by telling police Elizabeth had run away to, to a sect on August the 29th, 1984. Here's the thing, right? This was his big story. Um, that um, that um, he, he, he told everyone, oh, she's run away to a sect or a cult. Right? And every so often, these three kids over the years um, would get really sick, and so they would get left on the doorstep by her from the cult, right? Now, little bit, not too much of investigation by the police would have shown them there aren't any cults in Australia. Uh, in Austria. There aren't any. Oh, really? There aren't any. There's um, th- There are a couple of small ones... But that that aren't particularly secretive, and the town, because he would send postcards from her that he got her to write, and he would go to this town and send them. So he would always say she's in a cult in whatever this town was, and there's none in that town. So a little bit of cult in that town. Let me go and have a. Oh no, there aren't any. In fact, we don't really have cults in Austria. But if no one raised the alarm, and I doubt he allowed them to, and it was pre-Google, right? Yeah. So even yeah, yeah. if his wife was suspicious, she couldn't check up. Yeah. Police, neighbours and, uh, and family and friends all accepted the story. Fate prevented Elizabeth ending her days in prison. Kirsten fell seriously ill on the April 19th, 2008. Elizabeth begged her father to take her to hospital. Doctors were so baffled by her condition, a vitamin D deficiency caused by a life without sunlight, they broadcast an appeal for her mother to come forward. Fritzel had granted Elizabeth a TV and on seeing the appeal she had begged him to allow her to go to the hospital. There, doctors and police wanted to know what really happened. 
Ten years on, we tracked down Fritzl's son-in-law, Hurst Hilberke, the partner of Fritzl's second oldest child, Elizabeth's sister, Rosemary, 57. He said the cellar children... What a horrible turn of phrase. The cellar children. Now, unless he's specifically... You know, that's how he refers to his nieces and nephews, which I can kind of... I, I can get. But for the paper to call them the cellar children... Use their names, you scumbags. He said the cellar children were doing well and came to live with the siblings they never saw early in their lives. None of the family has had contact with Joseph, now in a prison for the criminally insane. He could be released in 2023. Uh, Much of the huge cellar has been filled in with concrete, but the stairs and a single room remain. This is the new owner of the building. Herbert said, from the worst possible situation, we found the best solution. After 10 years, we don't speak about the Fritzel case anymore. It is not the Fritzel house anymore. We can move on. Um, 10 years on, Fritzel, 82, still shows no remorse. He is a psychopath and yet he seems so normal. In the office of Inspector Willie Reitner, the policeman who interviewed Elizabeth on the day of her release, there is a card showing a lake and mountain, symbols of the freedom she now enjoys. In a touching message, she wrote inside, Thank you for helping us. You were there for us in a difficult situation. When we needed your support, the most you took care of us. I mean, flipping heck, man. That is... um... You'd be hard pushed to find a more messed up story than that, really. That is, um, that's pretty outrageous. Um, the pa- one of the papers has listed all the April Fools that happened on it. Was it yesterday? Was yesterday April the 1st? Yeah. <sighs> I find April Fools, I find pranks, I find all of that stuff. So to come, come in, Paul. You come in anytime you want. I find it also childish hey robot bees on mars i know it's a great story mate it? i saw that in the paper that's it what what are they what is it for well as you know the atmosphere on mars is about a hundredth of ours so right. they need bee flight to have robotic drones going around they're terrified they're going to be b-sized much bigger wings they're terrified of contaminating the ecosystem there and maybe killing whatever bacterial or microbial oh, okay, life is yeah so they're going to land a rover and that'll release the bees like a hive on wheels see it's going to be a dog he's got a rover up Absolutely. there you go yeah and it's going to go around <laughs> take photographs transmit messages back and maybe tell us whether in the future we can go there safely terraforming and create us a second earth i love it see i genuinely think this is a little bit eric von daniken I, I, I kind of think that we came from Mars. Like, I, I, have just got a feeling, right? That no, <laughs> no. Yes! Listen, that one day we're going to go around. Got live pictures coming in from the Mars rover now, and it just like it goes over a hill, and you see like a TV remote see, control you're f- from Slowway, and they make Mars bars there. It's all coming together. It's all <laughs> linking. Hey, I was listening to you last night. It was good. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. You're not the kind of listener we want here. <laughs> 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 I do, I do, I do Too erudite, or <laughs> other super glues. I know. I was, I was enjoying it last night. It was, it was some good bits and pieces. Uh, what else have you got on tonight? On the show today, yes. we are talking about uh, Doris Day and Eddie Murphy. It's their birthdays, which I'm looking forward to. I do love a Doris Day. Still alive, isn't she? she isn't she's. I mean, I think she was born in 1924 or something. She's getting on for a hundred. Yeah, yeah. So she's a wonderful star, brilliant star yeah. as well. Although uh, when Frank Sinatra worked with her in the film Young at Heart, he did two things. One, he said. Don't trust your husband. He wouldn't have him on set, even though he's a producer. Yeah. The husband ripped her off about eight million, and this was back in the 50s. Wow. But he had a nickname for her because she had a rather pert 
possibly called a jut butt. Wow. Which is probably these days getting kind of signed up with Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey, but I think it's quite endearing. You'll jut know butt. this, the connection between, um, Doris Day and Charles Manson. Oh, her son was the person that Manson's family were meant to be going to try yeah. and murder, Terry. Yeah. Terry Melcher. And she did a lovely, on her f last al album I've got of her, she does a duet with him, and she sings to him My Buddy, which is a lovely song from the 1930s. Wow. If I can find it, I'll bring it in. Oh, for it's yeah, a lovely, yeah, beautiful. Her voice is going a bit, but it's a lovely I, album. I don't know a lot of her stuff, but I know that Bruce Johnston from the Beach Boys did an album yeah. with her. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that was the thing, because Terry Melcher and Dennis Wilson and that, they're like, we're going to make you Charles Manson, we're going to make you a star. He co-wrote a, a Beach Boys B-side, Beach Boys song, yeah, and then he wanted to kill Dennis Wilson because he changed the lyrics and took his name off it it's a great song cease to exist Whoa. um but yeah the, 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 the clues were there yeah, <laughs> they all were but but yeah terry melcher was yeah. was supposed because that was his house that the the, the the tate and the polanski yeah. lived in you know yeah, and that's an appalling story as well man alive you've dragged this down tonight haven't you from oh, really? to the mason family and sharon tate <laughs> very <laughs> very very dark and that's a shame because it's world party day today it, we celebrate today. <laughs> it's an official day. On a Tuesday. The, the, no, it's the date. <laughs> Think it through, Kath. Today's date, which is, let me remind myself, it's the third today. Tuesday the third is World Party Day. He's double checking, but it's a fact. Given, it's meant to be a, rea a right for all human beings to have a fiesta at least once a year. So we're having a party. <laughs> I hate parties. Can I, can I sit this one out? Do I always find you in the kitchen at parties? Oh, you and Jonah Louie? Yeah, oh, Jonah Louie. <laughs> Whatever happened to him? He was get that and stop the cavalry. Yeah. Well, I mean classics, and then the other one for that time was B A Thomas B A Robertson. B A Robertson who did Bang Bang, and also To Be or Not to Be brackets My Lover with all Shakespearean quotes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. You undo your doublet, baby, and I'll undo my homes. Yeah, <laughs> I, those are the lyrics. I've, I've, uh, funnily enough, because you've got this tiny little record label, I've been having a little uh, exchange with B A Robertson. I'll get him on. Um, uh, um, he's Scottish, isn't he? He's, he's Scottish. Don't hold that against him. He's no, no. He's, 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 he's a very nice. He's a very nice chap, and um, he's uh, he's just he just he's very definite in what he wants, and now he wants to get it. And okay, well, he's, he's, the sun will rise again for him, I'm sure, because they sure. were two great hits. Paul Ross will be on at one o'clock. That's a few minutes' time, and you people can phone you up as well if they want. Give us a call. You haven't had many. It's been quiet tonight. No, we've, we have. We, we've, we don't take calls anymore on this show. We've decided it's no stressful. calls. So, you, oh, I wish you'd told me that. I'd have tried to phone in and do my little trailer. Um, <laughs> no one, no calls. But if you want to give Paul a call, you can start phoning now. Oh, th what's the number? Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It's only been a day and he's forgotten this already his your, number. You're professional. <laughs> um, That's all I've got going for me, though. Sadly, yeah. Somebody said to me today. What was it? He said to me. Um, Paul, you've never sparkled, but you'll always work. That was on Twitter. Wow. You know even what burn? Even, no, with, his, that. even with his back to the clock, that man still finished <laughs> dead on time. What a professional.